Welcome to the M3 Bare Essentials Podcast. My name is Malcolm Travers. Each Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, I invite the editors and contributors of Mail Media Mind to introduce a topic of their choosing. Our conversations are on social issues, entertainment, mental health, sexuality, relationships, or whatever makes us mad or makes the news. Each of those discussions is about three hours, but in the Bare Essentials Podcast, I edited it down to about two hours. If you would like to view the full podcast recording, visit MailMediaMind.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel. From YouTube, you should receive notifications when we go live, and you can comment and leave questions in the chat while we record. And we are live. It is Sunday, November 6th. 2016, and welcome to the M3 Sunday Hangout. My name is Malcolm Travers. Mail Media Mind is a grassroots organization dedicated to uplifting and unifying the Black Bear community through dialogue, insight, creativity, and knowledge. And every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, we're starting late. <laughs> uh, we talk about the trending topics of the week and give our unique perspectives on the world. Um, so, as always, visit mailmediamind.com. You can um, check out our social media platforms, leave us questions and comments in the YouTube live chat, which I'm going to make sure that I'm checking. <laughs> and um, you can also tweet us at Mail Media Mind. It's right there on the screen, you can see where it says at Mail Media Mind. <laughs> we'll be monitoring that as well. So um, so let me uh, let the panelists introduce themselves, uh, starting with Xavier, then Wani, and then Derek. Good afternoon. I am Xavier Spann. I'm a psychopharma. I'm a psychotherapist here in Atlanta, Georgia. Glad to see everyone this afternoon. Yes, and glad to have you. Did it sound like he was just gonna say I'm a psycho and stop? <laughs> and then he reevaluated. I thought it was gonna be psychopharmacist or something. <laughs> Actually, I was gonna go forensic psychotherapist, but I was like, nobody understands what forensic psychotherapist means. So. Ooh, forensic. Okay. Let's see. And Lonnie. Hey guys, what's going on? This is Lonnie, aka Jaybird. How you guys doing? Me. And uh, Derek. Derek Anthony Jones here. How is everyone? So good to see here. See you on a Sunday afternoon. I hope everybody turn the time, turn the clocks back. Yes. Yes. Because my body has not, <laughs> and I am feeling it already. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, daylight savings time is one of those things, you know, that really makes no sense to me. I mean, um, you know, the, the original intent was to, you know, utilize those hours in the morning when the, the sun is up and nobody is, you know, nobody's awake. For farming purposes. Yes. They thought it was going to, like, save energy, but, you know, it found, you know, they found out years ago that it doesn't. So yeah. then they extended it further and further to the point where, the original intent of daylight savings can't even be utilized because it, you know, the sun comes up after seven in October. <laughs> so, you know, there's really no point for you to still have daylight savings in October. So, anyway, yeah, here it is. It's still there. Yeah, but it's never going away. I don't know. Anyway, hey, Gerald. <laughs> hey, Malcolm. Hey, guys. What's going on? <laughs> We're just getting started, actually. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. I noticed you're talking about daylight savings time. Yeah, because I, I totally forgot. Um, all my devices now set themselves back. So, right, uh, right. <laughs> I just remembered that. Um, 
I heard some report that they extended daylight savings past Halloween for commercial purposes. Like they thought, you know, the light being out later had more candy selling opportunities. <laughs> I guess kids and stuff. Oh, this country that we live in. Everything <laughs> is framed by the dollar. Yes, yes. So, um, yeah, basically the, the framework of the show, because we are just getting started, um, I'd like to do some of the trending topics of the week and to give each, each panelist uh, some time to um, present a topic of their own. Uh, you know, there are several M3 groups to choose from. I used to do it based on the groups that we're in. You know, the elections, you know, in a couple of days, obviously the politics <laughs> is going to come up. I cannot wait for Wednesday. Oh my <laughs> yeah. Well, looking on my trending list, the Tomb of Jesus is actually at the top of it. I'm not exactly sure that is. Donald Trump and Doctor Strange. Those are some weird. Did Doctor Strange do 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 real well? I, I saw it this weekend. Yeah, I'm guessing it did. I haven't um, gotten a chance to see it yet. I was going to go see it on Tuesday, but um, yeah, I mean, it, I'm sure I opened that number one. But oh, okay. uh, yeah, but there was um, the, what was trending was actually some of the Easter eggs and you know Marvel stuff that was in there. So you know, I guess all the the nerds saw some hints as to future Marvel you know franchises because you know this is what number thirteen in the Marvel. Yeah, I did have a question though, man. Mm, yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to spoil it, but. Do the villains ever win in these superhero movies? <laughs> no, it's a superhero movie. Yeah. I just want to see just one movie where the villain wins and we walk out of the theater just like the world is destroyed and superhero <laughs> lost. Just one. That's what this election is for. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that because, um, you know, I was debating this with someone else about down-ending movies. Um, I happen to enjoy them. But I know for someone, I think we were talking about like uh, No Country for Old Men, where, I don't know, it has a down ending if I'm spoiling it for anyone. But, you know, a lot of people just hated it. But oh, the, for real? Yeah, they just hated it for that reason. They like happy endings in this country. Yeah. And that was the thing. I said, you know, they did almost the same thing in Silence of the Lambs. You know, Hannibal Lecter gets away yeah. you know, at the end. So why are you so mad about this particular? I guess it was just... Something about it just rubbed everyone wrong. <laughs> but, That's amazing. Yeah. So um, I was going to ask another another thing. I have to mm-hmm. see with Lastic. I'm not sure if y'all talked about it, but did y'all t- did y'all talk about Moonlight? Yeah, it got nationwide release this weekend, right? Oh, it did. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I know that several people. Well, they didn't. They several people didn't like the ending of the movie. Yeah. Um, Several so several people did. It was it was, was kind of interesting, but yeah, you know. Um, yeah, no, I, I guess I did hear some things about that. Yeah, right. But that you is, haven't seen it yet. I haven't. No, I have not either. Um, oh wow, you gotta go see it, Derek. I as soon as I can. Yeah. As soon as, soon as I can, it's playing. It's actually playing at uh, the Brooklyn Arts Museum. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I guess uh, the other thing that happened this week would be uh, the Cubs won the World Series. Yeah, they did. Yay, sports. <laughs> yeah, there was a meme. I don't know. There's obviously tons of memes. But there's like a, a picture of like Bill Murray crying. <laughs> like this. 
Bill Murray was all over this win. <laughs> Bill Murray was all in the win at Comiskey Park. Bill Murray was all in the win the day after on television at the uh, or two days later at the parade. Bill Murray was all in the win last night on Saturday Night Live. Oh, really? Bill Murray was feeling the win. You would have thought Bill Murray had been out there on the field playing. <laughs> I know. Did he own the Cubs or something? <laughs> no, he's just a fan. He's yeah. just a fan. Yeah. Ever since he, um, I guess ever since he was in Chicago in his early years of his youth working with Second City, um, he's been a Chicago Cubs fan. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, well, I guess their first win in like 108 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah, that's pretty, pretty remarkable. So I mean, um, yeah, it just—I think there was another thing that they were talking about the, um, the crossover of sports and politics. That um, it was the most watched thing on television. So there was, of course, tons of political ads <laughs> playing. Oh around. really? Yeah, there were. I didn't even. I was at work that night, so I didn't really. I didn't get to see it. I had a, a couple of patients that were watching it. You know why they were. I was gonna that. say they don't have TVs where you were. Yeah, yeah. They, there were a couple of patients watching it while they were going to Dallas, and I could kind of go over and, like, at the end, like, the, really, the only inning I watched was towards the ninth, the, the, the well, the tenth inning because it went into overtime. I guess you call it overtime. Mm. <laughs> and um, extra. And, uh, but I was busy, so I couldn't really. watch I should know all these sports <laughs> references. I'm the least sports person in the world. That's what I was like. Is it called overtime? It's, it's extra innings. innings. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. I'm like overtime. They're going to make me turn in my gay car. <laughs> <laughs> if you know anything about sports, you have to turn it in. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I'm not in any danger of losing mine because I don't know shit. But, um, but no, I mean, uh, there was that, um, you know, I thought another thing that came up um had to do with the the Cleveland Indians and their ongoing controversy of their mascot and their name. And, oh, has uh, there been news about it? Oh, I mean, I I, I saw it, but I didn't, I didn't hear any. I was like, well, I guess people getting used to it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it has, I don't think it's going to change. I, I think people talk about it. Um, it was interesting because yeah. I did like see a. Um, they were showing like the actual artistic style of their their mascot. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to like the caricatures they made of, you know, Japanese Americans, of Black mm-hmm. Americans, you know, like mm-hmm. the art style is of this Jigaboo style. Any, anybody who's not white, basically. Yeah. Which is, which is why it's not a problem. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, when you because when up, dude showed up in the Caucasian shirt, everybody lost their freaking minds. Yeah. So, you know, so that, I mean, there's been calls for them to change the mascot, change the name, all of it. But just the mascot would be like something. Because, you know, one of the things people were um, were saying was like, you know, the Cleveland Indians, if they won, um, would have this sort of blemish on it. You know, their win. Like, we won while we had this horrible <laughs> name. Fuck and how, yeah. yeah, and why people are attached to it so much. Like, it's it's clothing. <laughs> You know, <laughs> because the bulk of white America does not care what it does not concern them, no. and that's yeah. just that's that's just the truth. You know, they don't have empathy for other people and what might be considered racist. And you know, again, I have a question. 
Mm-hmm. The selection kind of shows that. I have um, Al Sharpton, NAACP, anybody? Have they said anything about the Cleveland, the, uh, the, 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 this thing that's going on? Because if it wasn't for the Indians helping us, our asses uh, was, well, I wouldn't say we would still be slaves, slaves or whatever, but they played an integral, uh, integral part in our freedom as slaves. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I don't know specifically if anyone's talking out about it. The funny thing is, of course, is that, you know, when something just dies down, you forget about it. It just kind of goes away. We are kind of talking about that with, like, Flint, Michigan. Mm. You know, like, they still don't have drinking water. They do not. <laughs> they still don't have drinking water. Like, and people's bringing water there, that has kind of dried up. Yeah. Wow. I mean, and, like, Hillary, I think, is going to be in, in Michigan today because they're acting like, um, it's getting close, and it may come back up in the next day or two, but I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of amazing that, you know, presidential season, and it didn't even come up, you know. There's a lot of stuff that didn't come up. Yeah, I don't remember anyone talking about that. Um, and that's like a serious, serious thing. But we know that he has a big dick. <laughs> that's what's important. <laughs> Yeah, it was funny. Like I remember, there was this NPR story about a classroom. Basically, it was like it was like a tradition at the school to do mock elections. You know? Yes. Uh-huh. And they had to. Have, they they were they were concerned. I don't even like where this is going. <laughs> they were concerned about like the guy playing Donald Trump going too far. You know, because he was supposed to, they were supposed to do a mock debate. Uh-huh. You know, him embody Donald Trump. It's like I don't know if that's even appropriate for schools. It's not. <laughs> I know it's terrible, but it's not. You can't even you can't even do a mock debate because because what you gonna say to that kid when he say you know my hands may be small, but you know I overcompensate in other places, and I'll show you by grabbing you by the pussy. You can't get mad at him. He's simply repeating what was on the top. Yeah, yeah. And um, actually, actually hearing the students, like he did, um, I guess the student who was playing him um, was actually like a conservative Republican who, I think he was uh, originally, um, you know, backing someone else. But he's just like he wanted to make sure he got as much Trumpian <laughs> arrogance and all that mm-hmm. without without crossing the line, you know. And I, it was interesting, like as far as um, a school activity, it seemed like uh, something. So a judge ruled earlier this week that the residents of Flint can sue the state of Michigan over the water crisis. This is a mixed bag for me. I get suing the state. Um, I get suing the state because it is a state issue. The problem is you're suing the state and it's your money. Yeah. You know, there should also be a uh, uh, suit to sue the governor and get into his own personal pockets because he made these decisions. Uh, Yeah, that's what I, that's the, that's the downside to having these suits when the cities have to pay for something that an individual has done, when the state has to pay for something an individual has done, because that person is not being directly affected by this. Yeah. The city and the state is taking care of it. And at the end of the day, that's your money. Yeah. 
So I sued you to get my money. Yeah, no. <laughs> and that's true. I mean, and, and a good point there is that that money, like, it's it's going to take from somewhere else. Exactly. You know, it's it's going to take from from the health care. It's going to take from the education of. The, it's not going to take from citizen. this person's paycheck. Right. That's a good point. So I, you know, I would like, I would like things like that to be looked at. Yeah. You know. I have a question. So, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. So are they not able to actually sue him personally? Well, the, they had a class action suit that was against the state. And if they get another uh-huh. class action suit, they might be able to sue him, but probably not. Because he was acting as an officer of the state at the time. But couldn't like 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 for instance when a police officer suit uh, like when a police officer shoots mm-hmm. uh shoot somebody and they get the charges get dropped yes the family can actually sue that individual yes they can so why is that different than suing a governor who made a decision to do this because he made the no and i understand what you're asking and again i'm not a lawyer so i could be wrong but from what i understand it is because he was working as a officer of the of the state um the ceo basically of the state that you have to sue the state and not him has any charges been brought against him no and he, okay. you know, he went out. He went out and got three PR firms to represent him to put a pretty face on this shit. Oh, okay, that's yeah, because that's what was important. Not the fact that these people couldn't drink the water or bathe in the water, or you know. And again, I don't know how much of the of the flip crisis that you actually know about. Um, but I just, you know. You know, I'll go into a quick explanation. So, you know, there's lead in the water in Flint, Michigan, which means that you can't drink it, which means you can't bathe in it. And those people that live there that own homes have to keep paying their water bills, even though they can't use the water. Because if you stop paying your water bill, they will turn off your water. And if they turn off your water and you your if they turn off your water then your home is no longer livable according to the law hmm. and if you have children they will come and take your children away well technically your home ain't livable to begin with because you got technically fucking that, your goddamn pipe so, technically that you are technically so all that correct. technical stuff needs to go out the fucking wind i'm sorry no <laughs> you no that's that's the catch that's no Lonnie that's the catch 22 that's that's the problem you're yeah. absolutely right I gotta pay I ain't got no money now and I gotta pay for some shit that I can't use and so if your child goes in and turn on this water and drink it let's just say you got you just move there just, just you just move there just and your child goes in and a rock and you have now moved to Flint Michigan <laughs> And your child drinks this water. That now means that your child needs to be taken away from you because you are a bad parent because you put your child in harm's way. And so we're paying a water bill where your child can go in there and turn on the fucking water. Anybody can go. You know what? This. I'm sorry. America is uh, America. 
I don't know what the fuck is going on, population control or whatever it may be, but this is this really the world that we live in? Yes. Is this really the world we live yes. in now? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I hate and to now, be. And, you know, and now over in, uh, what is it, North Dakota, <laughs> South Dakota, one of Dakotas, they're trying to, you know, poison some more water. Yeah. <laughs> poison some more water and, you know, fuck up a. Uh, Fuck up sacred land. Yeah. The yeah. The what was it? Sioux Falls or mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, and they, it's it's um, one of those things where I don't know the the solutions are all kind of like choosing between bad, uh, you know, bad and worse. <laughs> I mean, you can't even boil the water in Michigan to yeah. get the lead out. Yeah, you know, you see something where they were talking about some of the filtration systems they were using weren't really adequate either. Yeah, because I mean that you know, you know, they had the little testers that, uh, you know, yeah, that's crazy. Because the water can even look clean and just test with lead. So, I mean, I remember you know, growing up all them years ago with Jesus, um when you would hear about these third world countries that they had, you know, they didn't have drinking water when Sally Struthers was taking you through a tour of this village and the children didn't have water to drink. You know, you're going you to stop that. ever thought that you would have that problem here in the United States of America. You never ever thought that you would ever see something on TV where people here in this country couldn't drink the water. Yeah, because we America, we we are the greatest country in the world, right? We America, we better than that. That's what they say. Yeah, I have a question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. All right, Flint, Michigan. Um, anybody who knows geographic or whatever, please excuse my ignorance. But did it affect all classes of people? Or no, just, just a poor people. Class of people. Just poor people. So Flint, Michigan is, is one of those poor, states. Poor Flint, Michigan. Our city. Yes. Yeah. Them people and, is is poor. They can't afford the O or the R. And so when stuff like this happens, you mean to tell me uh, government like President Obama can't step in or or someone or is this like just local, like locally? That's the only people that can handle this. The, when, now, again, I'm going by my West Wing knowledge. The president cannot step in. The, 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 that branch of government cannot step in unless invited. By the local government. Oh, by local government, but not by the people. Right. Uh, president was elected by the people, but he doesn't work for the people. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's like jurisdiction. No, he does work for the people, but he can't, like I said, he can't, because it's still considered a local matter. He can't just say, okay, I'm coming over there. I got it's being a cape and I'm heading over there. Yeah. Just takes photos with black girls 
and that wrote a letter to him or whatever. Okay, that's what's up. Yeah, not quite. So the president has done some things. He's released some funds. He sent FEMA support. Um, uh-huh. He's also held the head of the EPA responsible for some of that stuff because that and what's the EPA? Uh, Environmental Protection Agency, who also okay. has a hand in and a part in monitoring and managing um, our water and uh, natural resources systems alone. But also you got to think about this is a de- democratic country. So, you know, the president can't be a dictator and just come in and say you did wrong and now, no, there's a judiciary process that still has to take place. And that was something that was kind of discussed when the, um, when we were doing, when we were doing the runoffs and we were, when Hillary and Bernie was there and both of them were talking about what needed to happen with Flint, Michigan. Both of them talked about a plan to get Flint, Michigan back in order and who they were going to hold responsible and how they were going to do it. And it's not a thing where they can come in there directly and say, you know, as a president, you the governor, you messed up really bad. Not going to put you in. I'm, we're going to prosecute you because that's kind of what they do in dictatorship-based countries. Um, so what's going to have to happen is one: there is going to have to be funds. You know, the, the government there is going to have to request funds or reallocate fundage towards fixing the water system there because this is a system-wide thing, and this is one of those infrastructure issues that this country is always talking about. We always talk about our failing water systems, our railway systems, our our interstate and road systems, and that's just one more example of that. Um, And so they're going to have to figure out how they're going to allocate taxes and monies and things of this nature towards fixing that particular problem and that particular issue. Now, what the president can do is they can suggest that a Senate hearing be held to figure out if there is uh, some punitive damage that we can build against certain members of that, that government and how we go about doing that. Um, but those people there, they can, if they so choose to, they can independently choose to sue the governor if they choose to. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's, there's nothing saying that they can't do, um, but that's something that they're gonna have to do on their own dime. And like we've already said, these people are already of a lower socioeconomic statuses and therefore suing somebody who's on the upper echelon socioeconomics is not going to work out for them too very well. And that's why a class action lawsuit against the state as a whole works because you're paying this money. You're basically paying to get your money back. Say, I didn't get the service rendered. I want my money back. Now, what they need to do then is take this money, that jurisdiction, you know, take their voting, take their voting and their tax dollars out of that jurisdiction and utilize their ability as an individual American someplace else where they can. And that's why you kind of got to understand so many things, not just our political system, but also our functional financial system and mm-hmm. how the two are so closely intertwined with each other. Yeah. I, yeah, no, I think there is this, this point in which um, people have to realize that, you know, democracy and capitalism are somewhat at odds with each other. Um, They're twin brothers and sisters. <laughs> yeah, because capitalism is like, you know, whoever has the money has the power. Whoever has more money has more power. Whereas a democracy is supposed to be everyone's equivalently powerful, you know, uh, one person, one vote. But that's not really how it works in the real world, right? <laughs> like, At all. Yeah, because, I mean, if you have more money, you have 
better access to, like you're saying, lawyers and and professionals who help you navigate the bureaucracy of government, which uh, someone who doesn't have the money isn't going to have. So your access to, you know, to something that's supposed to be democratic, it can't be equal. I mean, it just not, it's not possible. Um, Even in their discussion about the campaigns and how the campaigns are running and they're talking about Hillary's raised X many millions and Donald Trump has raised X many millions. The money and the political system are intertwined together. They just, it is, they just are. It's just how that thing works. And, you know, people who seek to live at a certain level, if you're below the poverty line, then to a certain extent, they're not hearing your voice. Your voice becomes the voice of a many. And it will just kind of get drowned out. So your individual needs and concerns just not just necessarily that important to them. But when you're somebody of noteworthy financial access, what you say and do seems to matter. Yeah. It's like why people follow Housewives of Atlanta, you know, and the foolishness that they ensued. You know, people follow them because they're supposedly these noteworthy people of some social status. And that status is brought upon by their money. It's definitely not brought up by breeding and culture, because they're very um, <laughs> ignorant class of individuals. So it had to be predicated on the fact that they're supposed to have money. Right. And this is how America works. I, yeah. I hate to say it, but as a broke ass nigga, you ain't gonna get too far in America. How do you feel about the Real Housewives of Atlanta? Oh, I mean, how I really feel about them, it's, you know, not appropriate to say. <laughs> are they coming back this, like, this week, aren't they? I hope not. Tonight. <laughs> yes. They are coming back. Oh, God. They're back tonight. With, I think, the Married to Medicine chicks. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay, Sam. It's fine. I heard that they were going to have, uh, was it Chateau Charest's housewarming party or whatever? Yeah, that bitch is back on the show. <laughs> Nobody asked for her ass, but uh, no, I give them very saying because um, I mean I used to be like all into the housewives. That was my thing when I was blogging. I blogged about the housewives. That was what I was doing. But then I just got tired of following them bitches every five minutes. It was like I mean I know some of this shit is not most of it's scripted. It's like this. You can tell like loving hip hop is just like let's say you have like Derek. What I'm talking about. Let's say you have two. Badass drag queens walking down the runway, right? One of them you can, you can one of them you can see the illusion, and the other one you, you the other one you just they, they're passing as like the real thing. Love and hip hop is passing. No, no, love and hip hop is like the illusion has been ruined because <laughs> they play people stupid. Because before the show comes out, they'll say, "Oh, Mimi to release a tape of her a, a sex tape and." Then it's a plot line of the show, but this shit was just talked about like two two weeks ago, and it's on the episode. No, that's just bad writing, bad plotting. But the Real Housewives, only thing that's scripted with them is these meetups because none of these hoes like each other. Right. But so, they have to meet up and fight each other. But I don't, I'm sorry, I'm not that took all from what y'all was talking about. But I'm just saying. <laughs> go ahead. I don't mean to go off far off topic, but I've always been very curious about this this concept because. And that is Housewives of Atlanta love and hip hop, love of Ray J. Why does that shit make like why does that exist? I'm very confused about that. Yeah. Are you confused why people watch? Are you confused why people watch it or are you confused why they keep making it? Both. Why they make it, why it exists, why people watch it. 
Because, I mean, I'm like... Well, they make... Well, one of the reasons why they make it is because it's cheap. Exactly. Um, Why do people watch it? Because people like soap operas. Yeah. Um, Yeah, people like soap operas. And they're... And they're huge soap operas. I like acting drinking all damn day to kill me. <laughs> a friend of mine's, um, because when the Housewives of Atlanta first came on, I kept calling it Desperate Housewives of Atlanta, um, <laughs> which is appropriate. Like, yeah. Which is which is appropriate, Lonnie, yeah. because that's where the whole Housewives concept came from. Came from exactly. When show Desperate Housewives okay. was out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The Desperate so Housewives was, and the OC both came out, and then they did it. But anyway, go ahead, Lonnie. I'm sorry. I'm go ahead. I'm sorry. I was so ignorant about the whole thing, and I just kept seeing this lady called Nene Leaks, and she had like this big mouth. And I'm just telling my friend Johnny, I'm just like, why do you watch this bullshit? Why the fuck, like this bitch is stupid? Why the fuck is you watching this shit? And so he says, Lonnie, he he broke it down to me. He said, Lonnie, look, what she says is so inappropriate. This is not shit that you say in everyday life. This is not shit that you would do in real life. I like to watch this shit because it's so. It's not what you do in reality, but they people just want to sit back and get. I guess what people like is just the comic, the comic relief about it, and they just sit back and they can veg out or catch yeah. out, whatever it is, and just watch because this is so. This is not how you are supposed to act in real life. Yeah, it's well, an hour of watching television and not really having to think about. Well, what but here's my problem. Exactly. Because I don't Go agree ahead. with it. I actually don't agree with that. You, okay. What you put in yourself is what's going to come out of you. That's just the end of the day. What you put in. Amen. Amen. So why are we so surprised when shit like Doug Dynasty comes on and they say some egregious shit about you? Or when we have created this culture of Donald Trumpism um, and we're surprised that he's gotten this far when he's not that much different from the show Housewives of Everything. <laughs> oh, I've never been surprised how he got this and far. I think, me neither. I haven't been surprised. Because this, this, this whole election, this whole election has been a reality show. Yeah, yeah. Why, you know, for, and I've said this to a few of you all. I feel a little bad for Hillary. Hillary, well, been, Hillary, been, Hillary been studying for this test for fifty years. Yes. Hillary has been studying for this test for fifty years, and she gets to the top of the class. Finally, yes. and she's got to fight the class clown. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. This is some unfair bullshit. Well, this is not what she signed up for. This is what I'm and I and I know I can. I know I have the ability to catastrophize things, but it's shits and giggles today. That's fine and well, but come Wednesday, if Hillary doesn't win, and we're <laughs> with a Donald Trump for president, does everybody really like comprehend what that means for all of us? Uh, I can't. I can't. Oh, gonna win, right? High alcohol win. consumption. That's all I can think of. I'm, I'm Boy, <laughs> you know, if you're on London. and Lottie, I need you to stop saying that because everybody needs to go out and vote. Yeah. Exactly. Government-based healthcare system. You, I'm about to lose your healthcare, basically. Yeah. Yes. Um. We're likely to go to war with somebody. Exactly. Our chances of going to war. Yeah. I was going to say, we don't really need health care because somebody's going to nuke us. <laughs> I mean, it's a really good chance. I mean, some of y'all might survive. Y'all, you know, depending on where you are in Georgia. I know. I, think, I, live, yeah. I live in Brooklyn. They're going to hit New York first. So, you know, and yeah. I wanted to drop right to tell you, drop right the fuck on me. 
I don't want to die of radiation poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> that shit sounds painful. <laughs> well, if, if the shit has the shit hits the fan Wednesday morning, I will be uh, at somebody's doorstep down there in Georgia. Somebody's doorstep because Tennessee. I've counted on one hand. Let's say that this in Brownsville, I've only counted on one hand Hillary um, Kane posters, um, campaign posters in the yard. I have yet, I've counted about at least 100 plus Trump pence. And one of my co workers is a Trump pen. Well, I got no, one of my co workers is, or no, two of them are Republicans. One hates Hillary, but she can't stand Trump. But since it's party, loyalty she's voting for republican and the other one is like the same thing but she was for Ted uh, cruz i just can't understand no woman that's going for donald trump i'm sorry and you already knew you let me rephrase that let me rephrase that i can't do understand that. i can't understand any woman who votes republican i can't understand any woman who votes but, to not have the right to control her own body? Yeah, I mean it's something. I, I mean, some people I, like I was thinking about people like. I was, Go ahead, Gerald. I, I was just thinking how, in general, I think like Republicans are known for being against anything like that's going to help minorities. So, but Republicans are not people. always like that, Gerald. Or poor people. I always like that. Or I know, but I'm just saying, in in general, like I think there's this because like right now, I think the majority of the Republicans, the majority of them are not necessarily the majority of them, but a lot of them are these white. Like when they talk about the when they talk about the people that are going to vote for Trump versus the people that are going to vote for Hillary, the majority of them are going to be these. They say are going to be male and white, and a lot of them that feel like the country is becoming too brown. Mm-hmm. So yeah. even though I think I think that that's the overriding theme. Like even though they they probably feel like it's us against them, and and even though they 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 might go against their rights of of abortion, they still feel like in general the white it's going to probably have white people that's going to be keeping them ahead and keeping the brown people down. So I think that's the overriding thing that's going to keep them, regardless of the abortion, regardless of the. Um, the, the, I mean, it's probably a lot of it is economic interest. They probably just feel like they're gonna they're gonna have an advantage when it comes to voting Republican versus voting Democratic. I have a question, Gerald. Are you making this a racial issue, or are you talking about it from a different standpoint? I think I think that it has, I think that race Do not has a have big issue. Um, a racial problem within Democrats. Not like we've seen in this particular election, though. Yeah. Right. They have shown oh, yeah. studies like that it's seen, but right. it's there. Is that correct? I mean, it's a it's, presence. It's, of it's, it. Yeah, it's gonna be everywhere because obviously, you obviously it's plenty of black people and it's plenty of white people that are Democrats. But I think the overriding theme is the, the, that part likely to try to keep the advantages of brown people down versus the Democratic Party. I see Republicans as people who have money and they want to keep their money, while I see kind of like Democrats are those who 
yeah. are trying to get um, yeah, yeah, get but, financial stability but, well, versus people but that have, have you seen yeah, is the that the lobby? majority all those like you see them as Republicans that have money, but is that all them all them broke ass white people that's going out voting for Trump? No. Those, no. Right, exactly, and those are and those are Republicans. But with at the same time, that's how the plantations oh, were. At the same hold on, time. with three with I'm three sorry, teeth, with three teeth in their head, living in a shack, <laughs> and still voting Republican. But that, but that's, and still but that's voting. That's how for, <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. And voting Republican, voting against because Gerald was almost but not completely correct because it's not just about keeping brown folks down it's about keeping poor folks down in general a lot of things that you know democrats try to pass don't just help black and brown people they help poor people yeah i think and, and there are many republicans who are poor and dirt literally dirt poor and vote against their interests not because they don't want to have something or want a better life because they don't want your black ass to have well, this is exactly. <laughs> exactly. Do we have any Republicans on this damn panel? Me? Uh, who said me? Xavier. Yeah. <laughs> really? Xavier. Well, this is, well, this is the thing I was said was that I always felt Xavier's like Uncle Tom Hanks. I'm just. <laughs> 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 oh, shit. Oh, my, my oh, man, I got to mute myself. <laughs> that shit was funny. So. No, yeah. This particular election is not about Democrats and Republicans, though. It's really not. You've never seen so many Republicans literally jump ship like a rat on a uh, burning boat before you got <laughs> this, this particular um, election has nothing to do with Republican versus Democrat. This particular is election, because one of the things that they talk about, because the week after I came home, there was an incident in Mississippi, in Greenville, Mississippi, where somebody burned down this historically black church, and yeah. Painted on the side of it, vote Trump, and so you got the, you got all these people down there, including the FBI, is looking at this to see if this is a civil rights issue, which I don't see how it couldn't be. But whatever. And one of the things they talked about, nobody wrote nigga on the side of it, so no, it's not. <laughs> so one of the things that they also talked about was there has been, and even a CNN reporter about two weeks ago said this to Trump's campaign manager, that crazy ass woman. Um, <laughs> Have you not noticed that Trump, since Trump has run, there's been an increase in these hate groups, you know, Aryan nations, those uh, that try to suppress uh, different. I've heard a lot about that. And so for so long. And he challenged her with that to say, and she and he said to her, well, Trump has never just openly came out and said he does not care for those people. He doesn't want those people. And, you know, she kind of got held up for a minute. Then she, she, you know, turned into the bitch that she was. And was like, well, he's never endorsed them. But I'm like, shit, just because you don't endorse them, I mean, you ain't for them. He's never down. He's never said that they were, he was against them either. And so what they have talked about was this particular campaign, since Trump started running and really took fire, he has that just seemingly, and not to say that these two things, just because there's a parallel, doesn't mean that they are uh, one place off the other, there's just some similar parallel. But they've noticed this increase in the number of these hate groups. And yeah. they're akinning that to the fact that Trump, for some reason, seems to breed these types of things. Here's what happened. Eight years ago, after Obama won, these people felt it comfortable enough to go under their beds and pull their robes out and wear them in public. 
-hmm. with with the rise of Trump, however, they have felt emboldened and embrazened enough to empowered. act upon and empowered enough to act upon wearing their robes out in public, where they are, you know, have heard the stories of their fathers and grandfathers from the 1940s, 50s, and 60s, that you could just be out here doing these things to these black and brown people, and they just going to take it. But you know, and I don't use this. I don't use this word often. But these some new millennial niggas out here. <laughs> you will get fucked up. Yeah. Talking about grabbing it. If, it let, if Trump lose the next day, they're gonna grab their muskets. All right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's funny because y'all say that because I've been listening to a lot of I'm listening to this podcast. It's been chronicling Charles Manson's Hollywood, but he was big. And he was really trying to start a fucking race war. And his logic behind it was stupid, but I was sitting there looking like he might get his goddamn wish now because these motherfuckers look like they could just sit there and really try to start a fucking race war. Yeah. And yeah, like like Ralph, like Lonnie and like um Gerald and Derek said, bring it. <laughs> bring it. <laughs> Because it's gonna be some blood in the streets, though. But I'm gonna be one of them. I'm gonna be one of them motherfuckers. Be like, I need a, I need a, I need a, um, what do you call it, a um, safe house or some shit like that. Oh, yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm like, having my niece and shit. I'm like, cause I mean, it's like people already, people already on edge. Like Black Lives Matter, and you know, you know, it's like. But 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 I think this is a perfect time for us to really sit down and really talk and have a educated conversation about race relations here in America. Yeah. It is, it's, it's, we, we keep dancing around this fucking conversation, but we really never have it. We really never have it. Okay, so go and ahead. This is a perfect time. Yeah. I'll put my, I'll put, I'll put Lil Wayne on the back burner. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Lil Wayne is part of that That's a good topic. That's a good, a good topic because how can a black man say some ignorant, how can a black person say the things that he said? I, yeah. I, I just find that to be amazing. So it kind of it, it kind of makes me wonder: is that is it race relation or is it more of a class situation? I think, I think it's a little of both. I think it's a little of both. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, because you have to throw some other people. I mean, if you're going to talk about Lil Wayne in this sense. You can't just talk about Lil Wayne. You got to throw Lil Wayne. You got to throw Shaquille O'Neal um, in there. And Stacey Dash. Apparently, oh, Stacey Dash and apparently Dave Chappelle now. Wait, wait, um, wait, 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 wait. I mean, wait. I even think about even Bill Cosby, even though he, you know, we don't talk about him no more. <laughs> the Dave Chappelle thing, they, they clarified it last night. Because the person who wrote that article saying that Dave Chappelle was defending Trump mm -hmm. and bashing the shit out of Hillary, mm -hmm. they gave a disclaimer in the article saying that what? the um, editor, the editor of that article, no, the editor of that website is Donald Trump's son-in-law. So of course it can be a slanted view of what's going on. Because soon as that article hit, Chappelle's uh, camp sent out. A disclaimer saying like, "Yo, he went on. He went in on both of them equally, and that he actually voted for Hillary Clinton." And they I said that he cannot voted for Hillary Clinton, but um, yeah. 
but they said that he because that's bad publicity given the fact that he's getting ready because when he sat there and said that they announced he was hosting SNL next week with a, with a trial called Quest as a musical guest and you know everybody gonna tune into that motherfucker yeah. yeah. So when he did a comedy tour leading up to that, and then somebody like, oh, he's defending Trump. Let me go write an article about it because I work for Trump's son in law. And this is a great because we got a popular black comedian defending my boss's dad in law. And I'm thinking, like, you motherfuckers, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. Continue. I was going to bring it up earlier, Derek, but I'm, I'm glad you said something about it. Let's rewind back to what um, Lil Wayne said, first of all. Yeah. The only thing that matters to me is my bitches. Somebody who maybe his bitches. <laughs> yes. uh, I forget he, the context. He, he, of he, he also basically said that, like, the only thing that I'm affected by things that like directly affect me, and Black Lives Matter is not directly affected. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But he has a point. It doesn't directly affect him and I guess his household because I guess no. nobody in his household has died from being shot by a police officers. Yeah, I'm just saying. But this, but this N word has spent time in the penitentiary. He was guilty, duh. I'm not. I, I'm not saying he shouldn't have. I'm just saying as soon as soon as he I'm has a been in there, so you've clearly seen some stops. Yeah. Wait a minute. What are you saying, Malcolm? No, I was just saying this kind of this kind of reminds me of like um, O.J. Simpson, who I mean I don't know if you saw that um, documentary I guess Made in America. I didn't see Not it. Yeah, I haven't seen it myself. But basically, how he refused—I mean, for years O.J. Simpson was like, "I'm not black. I'm O.J." Basically, right. And as soon as but he look gets, at the people who helped him. I'm look just saying, as soon as he gets and how far he got by those people. I know. I'm just saying, but as soon as you get, you know, uh, caught up in some shit, I'm black as fuck. <laughs> you know, like that's that's exactly what's gonna happen. Sort of. So, it's me, the way I look at something like that is being that this is Little Wayne, and I mean, seriously, who's Little Wayne? <laughs> um, obviously, somebody with some money has gotten to Little Wayne. I mean, that just seems kind of obvious to me in this particular sense. I mean, Little Wayne's from what? New? He's from Ninth Ward, New Orleans. Yes, he is. All right. He can barely put together grammatically correct uh, sentences. His life prepared ended up on it. Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm just being honest. So, <laughs> with that being the case, obviously, what he is saying is not probably not how he truly felt. It was. It reminds me of something that um, who was? I want to say Eddie Griffin, but I might have the wrong character. But they was talking about the dude with the big clock around his neck. Yeah, I remember who. And Flavor Flav got on this this roast. Wait a minute. Wait, hold on. You didn't know Flavor Flav's name. <laughs> I know his name, but I didn't know Gerald can put together. I'm sorry. Xavier can put together a lot of sentences grammatically correctly, so he doesn't have time to remember Flavor Flav's name. Oh, <laughs> I mean, but you don't have to be. You don't have to be. You don't have to be intelligent to know who Flavor Flav is. In fact, Flavor Flav is a problem for me in my life. So anyway, so they were talking about how they were so shocked. Kevin Ain't no Caesar, that's all I'm Kevin Hart was like, how shocked he was that Flavor Flav went out there and let these people say all this stuff about him. Uh, crispity, crackety, monkey coon, and I mean, he was just like, wait, 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 wait,
and they were so shocked. And Kevin Hart, I mean, Chris, uh, yeah, Cat Williams is like. He, Flavor Flav told him at the end of the day, it's all about the money. He's allowing all of this. He's humiliating himself and he's doing all this for money. So when you talk about exactly. versus racism, the fact of the matter is you can be the richest black person in the world. You're still just a black person. That's the first thing. You're still black. And then that's how people view you. But now if you are a white person, rich or not rich, I put a thing on the video. I put a video out a couple of weeks ago. About the one percent. One thing that they that one of the statistics that they talked when they looked at is a white uneducated person can still potentially make more money than a black person with a master's degree. That is true. And that's just how America functions. Because at the end of the day, when you go to bed at night, when you wake up tomorrow, you're still black, and this is still America. And once upon a time, you were a piece of property. Yes. And you're not far from being one right now. Actually, we just barely letting you make it. So at the end of the day, classism is based off of there's a white classism and then there's this hybrid blacks with money that we allow to get to certain places, but those places are what we dictate to you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The episode of Atlanta's uh, Juneteenth, perfect example what Xavier's talking about. <laughs> I don't know if y'all haven't seen that over yet, but it's a perfect example. It is true. Like I think there's a, a study. I do have a question. I know black people. <laughs> I was okay, gonna say I think race is a, a stand-in for class most times. Go ahead, Gerald. Sorry. That's okay. No, I just had a question. Like to to Lonnie's, um subject, do we have do we need to have a white person on the panel to talk about race relations? Oh God, no. You know what's you know what's interesting? I think we should, Gerald. About I mean, that I, is that I do. You have no, any white but this is what I was doing. that you could invite. The only people who I know is the people from M3, and the only white person I know is the one who just got finished talking. That's oh. at work right now. Uh, Xavier, I'm your mic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. And I'm I am the step wait, aside. Wait, wait, wait. He's on mute. He's on mute. Go ahead, Xavier. Go ahead. See, Lonnie, this is not, I, I can't do what you call it. <laughs> Governor Nathan Deal said it best, you know, about you color people. You know, it just don't make sense that you all would sit here and vote against yourselves because somebody's trying to tell y'all what what, what real is. And that's what they're doing. Um but no, I'm not I'm not white. I'm really not. Like my mentors are all white, so I kind of have a different understanding of a lot of stuff sometimes. Uh-huh. And it's because of that, because they taught me how to follow the money like if you follow the money you will find out that shit never ends with us it always may start with leaving our pocket but it ends with them every time and we as a people have so far failed to see that and that's why we have a lot exactly. of that happens to us and we're like why did this happen why is it this in our community because we fail to comprehend the true understanding structure nature of america we are a capitalist and once upon a time, you yourself was traded as a piece of property. That should tell you something right there. <laughs> it's why your credit score doesn't look like your white counterparts. Yeah. No, I, I definitely feel you on that. Like there's, I think there... I want to like I I get back to Gerald's point real quick before we okay. get too far away. Gerald, I would say yes to that, except I am wise enough to know you can't have just one. 
Just well, like I what? think it's unfair to have a black person on the panel to Thank give you. black view. Exactly. Well, if you have Xavier on the panel, you're going to get a whole completely different show than if you have me on the panel. Mm-hmm. That's true. Because we are two completely different black people. Yes. But we do have white people that are part of the uh, male media mind experience. Oh, no, we do. We do. I'm just, I'm just saying that you can't have just one on have yes. these conversations and then find a black republican okay or so let's have a, a casting black, call or, or even a black gay republican yeah 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 that's gonna be that's a, that's like finding a damn four-leaf clover but i uh, got I, I know three you do but you are lucky wait a minute i'm, I'm gonna keep but um for me it's like what Derek just said because i always hated that i have white people who will tell me you know, it's kind of like I'm going back to that Atlanta episode. It's kind of like you tell one white person, you tell one white person something, or a black person would tell a white person their black experience, and all of a sudden that white person would sit there. This is where you get that whole "I have a black friend I should know" bullshit come from, yeah. because they told they got that one black friend, and that one black friend's whole experience being black might be totally different than the people he might work with. The people he might interact with and stuff like that, but it you don't have um, people. But people normally give you a well-rounded experience. Like Xavier, no. I'm quite sure if Xavier uh, says to somebody, "This is, has been my black experience." However, there are no. other people who are of my. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I okay, I, 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 I I was gonna let you finish, <laughs> I was gonna let you finish first before I cut you off. Uh, before I told you you was wrong. Uh, I am not wrong for my views. You're not, wrong for, your, you're not wrong for your view you at all. I'm just telling you that what you're saying is incorrect. Right. There's a white guy that I know who tells me all the time. Wait, this guy told me once I was um going out with this retired black police officer. And he told me this horrific story about how he, you know, almost died on the job because uh, his captain was stupid and he was undercover and he, yeah, some shit happened. And anyway, he got shot like 30 times or some shit and to survive. Yeah, it's a horrific story. Maybe I can get him on one day to tell the story because he actually did a documentary about it, but I'm getting off topic. Anyway, one of the things he said to me was that it is hard being a black police officer. Because you are getting it from people who don't like the police, and then you are getting it from the police because you are black. <laughs> and I made the statement one day, and the white guy told me, Oh, don't know black police officers actually feel that way. I know black police officers, they don't feel that way. See, that's that's the shit that I'm talking about right there. Right. Yeah. Don't tell you know, me how I, I was a black man. You know, I grew, I grew up with black guys, and we would go to the store, and they would follow all of us through the store. Okay. <laughs> yes, but so that's how my, those people it, are programmed. No, and I understand that. Like that. But you know, but this is constantly my thing. My experience is not the experience of the people that you grew up with. Exactly. I have never been. I have never, ever, ever been stopped and harassed. By the police for being black. Thank you, Jesus, knocking mm-hmm. on the wood. But I am aware that it happens. 
and yeah. that I am lucky it has not happened to me. Exactly. And exactly, that's the point that Lil Wayne needs to understand. My back part on that was that I never ever thought that I would sing the praises of T.I. Because apparently T.I. sent Lil Wayne a letter or made a video or something and took that child to task. And T.I. has been guilty of some shit. I ain't know. I ain't know he did it either. So, but, uh, I mean, he's, but, he's pretty, he's pretty intelligent guy, actually. Yeah, he is. He mm-hmm. do some stupid shit though. But everybody, that's that's he the thing. Judge still brown though. But that's <laughs> the thing. Um, Ti done so he Ti said some stuff that was probably on par with what Lil Wayne has said. But again, it's different experiences and different ideals and stuff like that. Which yeah. me personally, as a black man, I think that black people as a, in in, a, in general need to understand. We're all, but you, you, you ask for us to, you know, like you ask for individual individuality, but you don't want it. You, when you say like, you know, I'm finna, if somebody says this, you better to sit there and write them off. Or the black delegate wants to sit there, you know, it's it's people out there like that, you know. And mm-hmm. if somebody says something they don't disagree with, that not automatically mean they're a coon, unless it's they might be misunderstood. But at the same time. They gonna have that idea of what they, you know. It, it just okay. that's something that always bothered me. But I have a question: mm-hmm. Was this mm-hmm. a live video taping with Little Wayne, or was this something previously recorded? And they had chances to go in there to uh-uh. edit the video in the way that they would choose to. Because sometimes people will say, like, "How do you feel about this? How how did this affect you?" And then when you answer the question, like, "This shit didn't affect me because nothing happened to me." So he no, I think like this was a um, this was a you gonna have a, a what Go am ahead. I trying to say? This a taped interview. A taped interview. This was a taped interview. And you go have to. He has since come out and said that well, there's been two stories. The first story was um, they used a question that hadn't been pre-approved. And the response from ABC was it was a no holds barred interview. So none of the questions were pre approved. He told us we could ask whatever we wanted. The second story that came out was that they had asked him a question about his daughter, and the question apparently had fucked him up or something. So he was all fucked up and over it by the time they got to the Black Lives Matter question. So nowhere yeah. in either one of those stories has he actually said, I, you know, has he pulled a Fifi O'Hara? Exactly. Oh, no, I, was, I, was edited, I was edited badly. No, I was going to say that was that was actually my impression. The the second response was that he was already over it. Um, I, I didn't hear the earlier question, but I did hear the, the a significant clip from it. And it was it was kind of like. I don't care about these questions, period. I don't care about this interview. Because, yeah, yeah because when I saw the video, that was the demeanor that I got because yeah. he was slouching in the chair. He wasn't really engaged. Ooh. Well, I thought he wasn't engaged, but I am not a therapist. Xavier, was he engaged? we know. I know. But, right? but why would they yeah. say that? Honestly, like at the end of the day, why do you really care what Lil Wayne has to say? There you go. No, 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 no. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. I'm just wondering why we're dissecting his words. I'm going to tell you why. Okay, why are we? Go ahead, Barry. 
Wait, wait. Y'all, they are acting I'm a fool in this chat. They are they acting a fool in this chat. Mark. Huh? I'm making Hello? a point. Mark. I'm making a point and I need you to push it up now because you're talking over me. Thank you. Love you. This is why you care. Because this ignorant motherfucker still has the ear of some of our children. And that is why you need to care. And he's you need to know what is coming. You need to know. You need to know what is coming out of his mouth. He's not. He is entertaining some of us, but he still has the ear of some of our children. And you your, need to know what is coming out of his mouth. Children, then. Thank you. Okay, can I finish? Still not allowing you to finish my point. Well, you ain't let me finish mine, so I'm I was let you talking. So how you gonna finish? <laughs> Because you need to know what is coming out of this motherfucker's mouth and going into your children's ear. Yeah. But I think, don't we already assume that it's probably not good, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, that's that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that. Okay. Has, that's not saying that's not yeah, go ahead. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just saying that we already know that I'm what he has to say. Now y'all can call me a bunch exactly. of motherfuckers. Go ahead. Exactly. But no. You're right here talking about beat that bitch pussy up like Emmett. Uh, Emmett and what's that, that what's that yeah that, you got that, it right that, Emmett Till that, yeah. that I got yeah Emmett Till like really like we really gonna listen to him I don't know nothing <laughs> about that cause I don't listen yeah. to Lil Wayne yeah. our chat role has been taken over by racists and yeah. I'm trying to get y'all to understand what's going on right now um, we can't get our chat role in so I'm, I don't know if we should just what you want me to do because they got yeah. um, what are you saying this we're stupid niggers. Yeah. Um the Nazis did nothing wrong. You're niggers. Um <laughs> stupid fucking nigger. Wait, what's happening here? Am I getting hate mail? Why oh, no. They're saying they're asking Blondie why the fuck is he driving? Fucking kill yourselves. Why don't y'all whip out your dicks? A skilled Hitler can beat any Jew. Um how do you get you know, you know what? what? Forget them goddamn comments. Oh, are you reading questions from the- I'm trying I'm trying to and it's, it really they are really they have really going the fuck off. This is lets you know Good This is them. why you don't read the comments all the time. I'm just saying you just But no, I'm just saying <laughs> what you want me to can we do disable it? I don't shit? want you to do nothing. No, no, right, don't do nothing. What the fuck are you I why mean getting all upset about it? Exactly. And this is what I tell you all the time, Mark. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, is no, that motherfucker signing they check for going, you? I'm going to go back to what... Uh, then I give no fuck. Let's go back to the conversation we were actually having. I know. I want to go back to actually something Xavier was saying, which had to do with, um, I guess, race and class. Because um, obviously, I think when someone has a different point of view on anything, I always try to get down to like, what idea or fact would change your mind about this right so I always go back to like okay if you're voting for trump what's the one fact in the world that would make you choose hillary over trump you know or something like that and it to me sometimes you realize there is no fact that would change <laughs> like when you really dig down like i don't like what do you have to like you know strangle a baby like what <laughs> at what point would you not no longer vote um and so i think the other thing I would go to, is, you know, dealing with um, race and class, had to do with um, this idea really of having a, stop reading the comments, <laughs> having a seat at the table, right? 
I think the whole idea of Black Lives Matter is the idea of people fighting for a seat at the table. But the people who are already sitting there are like, am I still going to have a seat at this table too? I think that's how you tie into, you know, people's concerns about immigration with, you know, the welfare state, you know, like with um, Medicare, Obamacare, all that kind of shit is all just saying like, what about me? <laughs> Which is every person's point of view, basically. Everybody's always like, what about me? What's in it for me? You know, whenever um, something is done. Cause I remember thinking about just asking people why they should vote, um, getting to that argument. Um, some people are just like, you know, my vote isn't gonna matter. Uh, you know, I'd live in a red state, you know, Georgia's going for Trump, you know, maybe not at the same margins, but he is. Um, instead of asking the question of like, uh, you know, what am I doing for my country? You know, instead of asking you, that to me is the, the question you should be asking people or what people should be asking is like, you know, what can I contribute um, to the public discussion about the presidency or about um, all the issues that you care about? How are you contributing to it? Voting is a part of it, but that's like the, you know, the least of it, isn't it? <laughs> um, I mean, the very, the, the point we were talking about before about like, um, you know, capitalism and democracy being at odds with each other is because, you know, instead of just voting yourself, you know, you, if you have enough money, you can influence enough people to turn elections. And I think that's just true. Like people aren't spending all that money because they want to is because they have, you know, an end in mind, you know? Um, so I don't know. I, I'm just thinking like, so it's a lot going on. One yeah. America likes exclusivity. That's just something that Americans are into. We, we like, and that goes along with our capitalistic concept. But then something else that you said, and it was, mm. you know, what are you contributing to this political situation, to this political nature? And the fact that uh, Georgia, you know, if just using Georgia for an example, is a red state. Um, but something you've mentioned that is a concept that no longer exists in this country. John F. Kennedy once said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And you no longer hear people talk like that. People no longer think like that. Now, because we have allowed ourselves to become a country of independent uh, entities where, you know, I got mine, uh, hope for the best that you get yours and whatever happens, happens. We now don't think about how our actions may impede the actions of somebody else. All we care about is that I get what I want. I get what I'm, what I feel like is due to me. Yeah. And I want to be a part of this exclusive club of people who have done the same thing, who have made the millions, who've done the backhanded dirty deals, who have cut the bottom line despite the little people in order to get what it is that I'm trying to get. And as a, as somebody once mentioned, and I have to go back and find the article, but they talked about the moral fiber of this country being completely destroyed. And now you have a country where morality means absolutely shit. Who cares if you're moral or not? Who cares if the dollar or the, any of our currency says in God we trust? Because you know, that's no longer the concept that this country is founded upon. Now this country is founded upon who can be the most noticed, the most outlandish, who can present a product that the masses will buy, digest, and even though it's a bunch of shit, I managed to take your shit and sell it back to you for $2 over um, market. 
So I have done something great, prolific. And so when that happens, when you start thinking about class, when you add class into that, that little cake mix, you now get a system where the 1% is continuously growing up and above those of us who are not in that group. And those of us who are not in that group are usually the ones who are not invited to that table. And they're the African-Americans. Uh-huh. They're those social, they're those minority men that spend more time fighting and squabbling amongst ourselves because that's a great distraction to keep you from seeing what's going on around you, to keep you from noticing uh-huh. that there's been a progression of the cost of your health care and your insurance and your medications and how, you know, the country itself has subpar credit and you're being told you can't get the loans that you need to get the home or get into a better neighborhood for your children, get an education or what have you, because your credit is even subpar or even less than that. When ultimately what it's all about is you're just not a part of this club. You're not a part of this group of people that we find to be the better of you. The, those that we feel like we can trust with money because, hey, they already got money. Why we can't yeah. even more money? Yeah. Uh, and so then read this concept that, well, you're the banks look at you poorly and you live in a poor disenfranchised neighborhood and you're this and you're that. So. I'm a police officer. Why should I think of you as any more than what I see right before me and probably less than that? So your life no longer carries the amount of value I place on, say, my own or this other person over here, because as a part of this social class system that is based off in part of social situations and social setting, but also in economics, you don't match up to neither one because you belong to a particular minority group. So. Shooting you, I probably won't get much time for because I'm in a bad neighborhood or I'm in a questionable neighborhood or I'm in a neighborhood where the majority of these people don't look like me. And I can say I was afraid for my life. So I shot him six times in the chest, reloaded and shot him six more. Well, you know, that was a little misjudgment, a little misguided on your part as an officer. We need you to, you know, take 30 days paid vacation. We'll see you back in the first of the month. <laughs> Black people, we fight a good fight for about mm, a week or two, and then we're back on what Beyonce and the Housewives of Atlanta are doing, and we've completely forgotten about all of these people we've seen shot to death on Facebook. Yeah, because you know and one of the things I would say about one of the things I was I was thinking about Trump and you know the election being over in two days is not over in two days because you know the millions of people who voted for him are still a part of the American electorate, you know, and you know part of me just feels that. Um, just like we said, like the chicken and egg issue is people's lack of interest in substantive discussions <laughs> is a real problem if you're going to have substantive discussions. If you're not interested in it, then how are you actually going to, you know, talk about any sort of issues? And the other thing is, of course, the fact that we can't even reach agreement on the facts. You know, fuck opinions on really basic shit about the state of the world as it exists in reality. <laughs> so how are you going to actually have, come to, together on some sort of well, opinion about who's, it? Who's reality, Malcolm? Yeah, that's what I'm I saying. Like we, everyone has their own little reality now. Like it's fucked up. Like you can't even agree on like, um, you know, when you talk about polls or numbers, you know, I get that they're not as, um, I don't know, predictive or illustrative as some people imagine them to be. It's a snapshot. 
of what people said at a certain time when asked a certain way. So it's not necessarily who they are, it's just what they said. Um, you know, separating that out, so I think a lot of times, I'm just saying a lot of times you throw out a fact to refute someone's, you know, negative or biased opinion. And it's just like, it doesn't matter. It's just so like, I, I refute your facts. You don't believe in global warming. Global warming. Well, I'm just saying like, there are plenty of people who don't believe in it. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> the earth is flat. Because, yeah, I mean, there might be disagreement about how much global warming is affected by human beings, but, you know, climate, carbon dioxide, you know, it's very well established that, you know, carbon dioxide is a, you know, a greenhouse gas and the greenhouse effect is a real thing. So, you know, more CO2 in the atmosphere causes temperatures to rise. It's just a matter of how much and how much we influence it, you know. Um, I can't wait yes. until Tuesday, y'all. I just want y'all to know. I cannot wait. <laughs> I already made sure I had the day off. Are you so got, be up, TV all night long. And you work, are you going to be up to 2 a.m. waiting? Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. I don't know. I want. I just wonder how fast the results are going to come in and, and what's going to happen. And, you know, it's going to be an apocalypse on Wednesday morning for all <laughs> of the Trump people. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's going to be over quick, actually. I think so too, Lord yeah. Jesus, please. <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm wondering what people are going to say about it. It is like an entertainment. It is like a news has become entertainment. It is Those like, people are going to be so upset because they, because Trump really has some people believing that he's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is a good, you know, this is the way they put it was his chances of winning are about like if you were playing Russian roulette, having two bullets in the gun. That's kind of what we're facing <laughs> about to pull the trigger <laughs> on a gun with two bullets in it. See, so. I disagree with that. Mm. I know. And I have been, and, 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 and from day one and Gerald will remind everybody of this and I ain't going to back away from it. I have not been a Hillary fan. I was a Bernie fan. Yeah. But Bernie was cheated. <laughs> I don't feel that if Hillary wins, I will be any worse off than I am now. It may not get better, but I don't feel I'll be any worse off than I am now. Yeah. That is completely not the case if Donald Trump wins. Right. Yeah. But it's a realistic. So it is so for me, it is not. So for me, it is not. Hmm? I, 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 I'm sorry. I saw that Lonnie had posted about about voting and and don't feel obligated to vote, but I didn't see the video. How did how was your response to that? Oh, hold up, play a whole lot. I've never said to nobody, don't vote, don't do that. Oh, I, didn't, I mean, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I just said that you had a. It seemed like you made a, a suggestion about people shouldn't vote just to vote, but they should vote their passion. Did I, did I misread it? I don't understand what you just said. Repeat that one more time. It, it seemed like you had a suggestion that people shouldn't vote just to be voting, but they should make sure that they're voting for their who they're passionate about. Did I misunderstand? Slightly, but um, yeah. But um, all right, guys, I got to go. Well, I, I mean, this time. Gerald is not Xavier. Now you're going to leave us hanging. We don't understand what you're <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, well, the video that I made or the video that was put out at Jared's talking about, I'm not quite sure. But my whole thing of it is, is that I just don't appreciate people uh, placing fear into someone and saying that this election is the is is crucial. Every fucking election that you have is fucking crucial from the local from the local level all the way up to the government level. When you're choosing your fucking presidents, every fucking thing is important, not just who's going to be the next president, because from from what people are saying is that the president don't really dictate the laws of your area. The local no, government does, does that. So justices, though. Go ahead. Yes. Go ahead. No. Okay. Anything else you want to say before I cut off? I mean, as you keep going, I'll interject as necessary. <laughs> but I'm going to need for you to let me get my points out, and then you can interject after I get off the air. But my whole thing of it is, is that every fucking election is important, not just who's going to be the next president. And don't place fear in people hard to say that you need to vote for Hillary Clinton or you need to vote for Donald Trump. Make an educated decision and vote for the president or the person who has your best fucking interest at heart. That's the only thing that I've always said. That's the only thing that I will say. But I will never, ever in my fucking life ever tell anybody not to vote. Voting to me is your right as an American if you choose to exercise that right. Even though people die for us to have that right, but they die for us to have that right because it's it's one of our liberties to have that right. They also die for us to, to live in an environment where we would not be judged by the content of our character, but by who we are as fucking people. So that's the only thing that I've ever said, and that's the only thing that I would ever say, is that know <laughs> what you're doing, because when you vote for somebody because somebody told you to, you are the one that's going to have to be accountable for your vote. You're the one that's going to ha- have to be accountable for your own goddamn life, and your own fucking destiny. That's the only thing I'm saying. Yeah. And with that being yeah, said, that was- I love you guys. And I'm at Doctor Strange. I'm about to check it out. I got my glasses, so I love you all. <laughs> all right, all man, right. Enjoy. Uh, all right. Yeah. Love you. See you. Yeah, I would say like you know, choosing not to vote is a choice too. Um, that to me, always been like one of those things that um, that gets me. Where uh, you know, the political system itself, you know, getting these arguments with people about, you know, the nature of reality and shit, like, um, like you, 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 let's just say you're, you're someone that you are casually acquainted with, you know, say at your, your gym or, or restaurant or something, and you, you've, you think you encompass the same world until you start talking about, you know, Barack Obama and how he's a Muslim and is trying to create the new world order. <laughs> and, you know, uh, it was I all feel a- bad for all of y'all because all y'all live in the South. <laughs> that happens all the time, though. You get into a conversation who you think lives in the same universe that you do, and then you realize, like, oh no, he lives in you know Fox World. It's <laughs> 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 just partially in my world. I don't know. Um, that's just very discouraging sometimes, but uh, but no, I mean that part where you're frustrated about having those conversations. You know, keeping you from going to vote, um, yeah, I think is a is a travesty. And you know, anyone who I'm friends with, I'm gonna definitely give grief to someone who doesn't vote because I remember, even 
even the Trump supporters amongst my friends, which I do have some, <laughs> some of my um, friends I play Magic with or Trump supporters, but it's like, well, you don't have to worry because I don't vote. And I'm like, I still respect you even less now. <laughs> even though if you went to go vote, you would vote for Trump. The fact that you are never, you never voted and have no plans of voting in the future. It's sad. Yeah, I don't sad. respect you. Like, <laughs> and I will say that. Um, the person who chooses not to vote, even even if they're like, you know, um, yeah, like I just I lo- a little bit of respect lost, you know. So, when I'm not saying that you, I don't say you have to vote, but you know, it's what it is. Go ahead. I'm sorry. They just announced that um, Hillary has been. Well, the FBI has announced that they're not going forward with any charges against Hillary about the emails. Yeah. <laughs> that whole hot mess. <laughs> that was a whole hot mess. And again, I'm going to say this. The first time I paid attention, the mm. 12th time you start talking about our emails, I just didn't give a fuck no more. Yeah. I don't care if she if I don't care if there's an email in there to tell you, you know what, at least get something new. And I guess that's my thing. Okay, we did the email thing. It, we threw that against the wall. It really didn't stick. Now we're talking about this again. Yeah. You know, she got an email saying where she buried Jimmy Hoffa's body. I don't care. <laughs> I don't I don't care. I don't yeah, they i mean they they started that whole thing just to try to find something um but i i love comedy to clarify um politics or, or conspiracy theories because i think some things are beyond discussing you should just immediately go to making fun of it and i was just saying like if all these consi- conspiracy theories about hillary clinton and bill clinton murdering their political you know opponents like why the fuck is anthony weiner still alive like shouldn't he be dead who right. <laughs> says all the embarrassing shit that has come from him, like he he should have died so long time ago. <laughs> They're really bad. It's at just it. funny because I think they just want to have a they just want to have a scandal. They just want to have something negative to say, and when they when they don't have anything, they, they make, make something up. up. They do. But the thing about it is, the majority of Americans are so ignorant that we don't that they don't comprehend that and they follow that shit. Right. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times people just don't have the time to fact check. No, no, no. They don't make the time to fact check. Yeah, yeah. They well, don't have the time. In your hand. Come on now. You got a smartphone in your hand. <laughs> okay, they have the time. They you, won't. They won't. You make see the that time. headline? Hillary buries Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> see, Hillary is burying Jimmy Hoffa. She know where the body is. And then you get into the actual story. Well, yeah, and then there's that the motivated. You know, and then there's know. the truth in you know in what you're talking about. Which goes back to what I said before. I think it's because of all this reality TV bullshit. Yeah. But I'm saying the reality. A, I think it's a combination of reality TV. I think it's a also a mixture of just the nature of how journalism works in this country nowadays. Yeah. I mean, if that's what you want to sort of feel referred but, to. But I mean, do you don't realize that 30 years ago, people were not this stupid? Yes. Does anybody else notice that? Like, they have talked. I did notice this because, as you know, I'm old, so I've seen people through the generation. Right. So you, you have had these conversations. You know that is correct. Yeah. So it's interesting to me. Look at Bill Gates' era. Okay, Bill Gates, world's richest man, I think. No, not Bill Gates. Is it Bill Gates? It's Bill Gates, world's richest mm-hmm. man. 
He's rich because his mind was able to sit him down and create something that we nowadays cannot put down. Apple products take over our universe usually. Then you got the Stephen Hawkinses of the world. These people all came from the same generation. And now our generation, this this millennium generation, what have we done? Notice he didn't mention the black one. I'm just <laughs> I'm 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 just random throwing out the first people come on brain. I'm just messing with you. But I'm saying well, I have to say our generation things. has created stuff like yes. Facebook and you know, like I mean I guess that, I guess you could say that's our generation because it was some it's it's he's a millennial and he, he created is. Facebook and his you know well not well I guess he created it but I mean all using all these apps that stuff that's new because I mean shit Growler wasn't popping thirty years ago. <laughs> okay, but what is if you put those things out? I mean, okay, you got inventions and then you got shit. How does that truly advance us as a people? Yeah. Has it worked I mean, to dumb us down? I mean, it, it, well, it's, it's made us interactive as as you know around around the internet. I guess I don't know. Has it, right? So has it helped to advance us as a people though, or has it helped to dumb us down and make us socially inept because we can hide behind a screen and an app versus going out? Socializing, getting and understanding other people's opinions, and making those opinions a part of our own, or making them but a you, part of our. But you don't have to be in somebody's presence to do that. It's just like I can get I get knowledge from you that I wouldn't have had, like if I wasn't on Google Hangout, you know. But I think around that personally, can, it's a catch twenty-two. Let, let me let me say this because I want to move away from the because you've you've gone to the extreme of the David. The the, 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 um, the Hawkings and the, and the Steves and Bill Gates and yeah and those people. And flavor, and flavor. I'm talking about <laughs> the regular, average, everyday American human being who has just seemed to not be as smart, <laughs> who has not remained gooder at thinking. <laughs> um. The, yeah. the level of education that we receive in those formative years hmm. has gone down dramatically. You know, I always wondered why they took Schoolhouse Rock off the air. I mean, why don't you have things like Schoolhouse Rock on every day? Magic School Bus is my shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't know anything and, about the Magic School Bus. That's before. That's after my time. But, but, why don't you have more things like that? Uh, Sesame Street. I know Sesame Street is a Sesame Street Electric Company Romper Room. These things that I grew up with that reinforced what you learned in school. I learned how to count to ten in Spanish watching mm -hmm. Sesame Street. And not only that, but they took Sesame Street off and put it on HBO, knowing that a lot of people probably can't have access to HBO. Well, not as many people have access to HBO as when it's on public access television. That's what I'm saying. Literally everybody has. Like, that's what I'm saying. You, everybody had access to PBS, though, but not HBO. You know, so yeah. it's like, it's this thing like it's like for the elites again. But I was going to just. Yeah, I was going to, Jawan's um, talking to us. He said, Lonnie does have a point. Nobody should be bullied into voting. If you're going to vote, have some knowledge of the candidates, the system, and the validity to a company to vote. Don't ostracize someone for making any choice they may pertain to this election. That's where the real taint begins. 
Malcolm, he was talking about in terms of like, you know, fact checkers. Malcolm, this is not a damn excuse. They have smartphones with web browsers on it. And he said, thank you, Xavier. These folks just want to be entertained by this bullshit. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I, I disagree with the idea of bullying people to vote. Um, I mean, I I, I'm, I'm kind of like, whatever gets people. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I I disagree with voting. If you vote for Trump, I'm sorry, but I'm I disagree with you vote for Trump. Basically, <laughs> uh, I could see both sides of the argument. I could see like don't don't build me into voting, but it's just the thing. I I was taught this in my government civics class in high school. If you don't vote, you can't complain about shit. Do they still have government civics classes? Some places do. Here, I'm just shocked they don't have spelling no more. <laughs> they took all the spelling classes out of Brownsville. This is what, and this is exactly. This goes to my point. This is exactly what I'm talking about. How can you get to be a Stephen Hawkins if you can't get the fucking basics? Mm-hmm. I don't get you. I read a book. Um. So here's my thought. This is why, like, I think about this in the way that I do. So I'm. I, I work in forensics. So I work. I'm that. I'm that marriage between psychology. And our legal system. Okay. So when I see a black person come through and let's say they're claiming right, there's some certain and not gives a reason of insanity. There's some certain criteria that has to be met, right? To to get that far. And ultimately it's gonna be left up to the judge to agree and if whatever third case or not. All right. Well, and that's what I do here at the hospital. Now when I go to the jail, I work in the psychology department there and trying to help the inmates each other. And so one of the things I have always noticed is a lot of them, because we do these assessments and I, I, we gather all this data, a lot of them are from Atlanta and Atlanta proper, or Atlanta metro area, excuse me. They're of lower socioeconomic status, poor educational status, um, and oftentimes have a very strong misconception of their rights and their abilities as citizens. When they face a judge, um, even for these them with small cases, um, that judge looks at them as being a part of a greater demographic. And one of the things that judges look at when they're doing sentences and rulings and things is what is your likelihood to reoffend? Yeah. And if you if you're Derek sitting on that witness stand, then your likelihood to reoffend is probably gonna go up. At least that's how the judge looks at it. Okay. But if you're bit and you're, you know, and I'm not saying Biff got money. I'm saying your name is Biff and you're blonde and you're blue <laughs> He's going to look at you as, you know, you're probably not likely to reoffend because you got these good Republican parents. And, you know, they're good Trump supporters. But you're probably not likely to do what you need. So I'm going to give you probation and time served that you spent in jail. And I'm going to tell you, you know, don't let me see you back in my courtroom. But Derek, your ass got to go to prison. Do I at least know what I get to know what I did first? Sometimes, sometimes you don't. Sometimes these people end up in jail and in prison. They're simply going, I don't even know what my charge is. And when I go and look at their charges, it's like this massive list of charges. You know, it's resistant arrest, obstruction, um, assault on a Leo. You're simply going, well, what the fuck did he do? What the police officer told him to stop and he went left and the police officer said, go right. So that's how he got obstruction of justice? Yeah. And then when they, the police officer said, when he tried to put him in handcuffs, he resisted. So that's assault now? What, when did this shit happen? <laughs> you know? And when you start thinking about, well, how does this 
go up the scale to the presidency. Well, presidents pick um, uh, Supreme Court justices. Mm-hmm. Supreme Court justices interpret and decide what the Constitution and how laws work. Yep. And then that trickles down to smaller courts and so forth and so on. So when you're trying to say, when we're trying to sit up here, let's say me and a group of colleagues get together and we say, we're going to sue the city of Atlanta. And we're going to say that the city of Atlanta does not use the same sentencing practices with African-Americans and those of a lower socioeconomic status as they do for the Caucasian counterparts who have the exact same uh, legal backgrounds and the same charges. But we need a court to take this up. Well, the Supreme Court is the one that's going to have to get this. The Supreme Court yeah. is going to be the one to say if this is going to fly or not. And if we get somebody in there who has a generally bigoted concept of what America looks like, then there's no way in Sam Hill we're going to get a case like that heard. And so black lives will ultimately not matter. You will yeah. still have to go before a judge knowing that a white counterpart would not have gotten the same sentence that you got. This is all the time. And I can tell when a white psychologist has done certain diagnoses on black people. And I'm like, this don't even add up. Where did they see any of this shit in style? Versus when I've seen a socially or um, a culturally competent psychologist or psychiatrist place a diagnosis. Yeah. And that can impact your enti- your life for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there, there are so many levels thinking about what you were saying. Um, you know, the decision points in which people flow through bureaucracies that, um, you know, it, it really does come from like the people ourselves. You know, the fact that, um, you know, there are just so many different people on a, like mass level who have to make these decisions that at any point you can fuck up someone's life because, you know, um, this one person has these very limited worldview, you know. So that's what I was getting at um, earlier with like the Trump thing is that um, there's an yeah. episode of Law and Order about that actually. Yeah, like I guess just the whole idea that Trump speaks to these people is you know even once Trump goes away, these people need to be spoken to by someone responsible or you know even someone from across the aisle to try to understand where they're they coming need to from. Be heard. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I was trying to get at on, on the other time, sometimes getting into it with Lonnie about like being empathetic or understanding to Trump supporters or racists or whoever, um, and not like acting out. It's not necessarily acquiescing to someone's hatred. It's just like, yeah, but I still got to live with you. <laughs> you still vote. Yes. You still influence me. So I have this, to engage with you. This election is over and we still have to share this country. We do. And, uh, so we need to kind of figure out how to get you to behave and stop doing this Trump shit. <laughs> like, serious. like, it's like the kid, you know, you, I don't know how parents do it, man. I can't. <laughs> Kids are misbehaving and, um, you know, the, you know, obviously you get mad at the parents, not at the kids when you're out somewhere and the kids are misbehaving. It's like, get your goddamn kids in order. <laughs> like, uh, you know. Cause, All the time. Yeah, just, and so the kids acting up. The Republican kids—they need to get the kids in order. I'm just saying. <laughs> like, oh my god, it's, it's just awful. But Lindsay, I need to know what I did though, because <laughs> some of that shit I might repeat. Oh, what you did? Oh, I'm what just you saying. Because I mean, <laughs> it's just some stuff I'm not gonna. Do. 
Yeah. But, you know, it's some yeah. You gotta act. Most black men show up with aggravated assault charges. So if somebody mean? touched a family member, yeah, I did that. Yeah. Yeah. No, you just felt real disrespected because they stepped on your brand new white Air Force One. Uh, <laughs> hey, what's up, Juwan? I, I ain't never been that person. I mean, I know it's not about me. I just, I have never under, I, I. I have always wondered where this whole meter of respect has come from over an accident, hmm. over somebody stepping over your, stepping on your fucking sneakers. They're sneakers. Yeah, and folks have been put in the ground for that shit. No, and I recognize that. I'm just trying to understand where that comes from. Um, Legionnaire says, um, he's, well, he's, I guess it's a previous topic. He says pretty much that to understand, an interesting attempt to understand the Trump supporter is made in Michael Moore's Trump land. I think, was that, is it the theaters, theaters or was that on like a documentary this weekend on a channel? I can't remember. I, I think he did come out with something before the election. I hadn't seen it yet, but. Trump, yeah, something in Trump land. Yeah. I haven't gotten a chance to see it, but hey, Juwan, I was, I didn't, <laughs> so, um, but no, I was just thinking, um, yeah, and I've been kind of struggling with that um, understanding um, part, and I, I found a couple of podcasts I listened to had really good um, conversations. One was uh, Code Switch, the NPR podcast, they talk about race, and, um, you know, they sat down with this couple, I think somewhere in, like, Wisconsin or somewhere, and talking about sort of the demographic changes that are happening um, that for them, they saw Obama as the reason why, you know, people start talking about race. You know, it's, I guess the first, what do you call it, the availability bias, where, you know, you've been sitting in this cocoon for the past 60 years, that nothing has broken through, and I guess Obama did sort of, you know, make them aware of it for the first time. <laughs> and so they blame him for all this. Um, and I think that's part of the backlash for Trump. It has to be noted that, you know, before Trump, there was the Tea Party, which actually did affect um, national policy because they actually did, you know, challenge of, I think about 30 different Republicans in the, in the House and um, is one of the reasons why the House is not even up for, you know, a switch this year. So uh, it's, it happened before Trump. It'll happen after him, you know? Yeah. Um, well, so. I've gotten um, from a couple people how, you know, Barack Obama is a race baiter, how mm. we didn't have any problems, you know, before he came into presidency before he came into power and again I tried to in this conversation I tried to liken the story uh, to the whole Ghostbuster thing with somebody yeah. that I was talking to um, when the new Ghostbusters came out and everybody was up in arms because Leslie Jones' character wasn't a scientist and somebody some older white man you know, responded to me that nobody had a problem with um, Bernie Hunt, Bernie, what's his name? Ernie, Ernie Hudson. Hudson. Ernie Hudson. With Ernie Hudson's character 
you know, not being a scientist. And I was like, whoa, whoa, hold him up, Gumshoe. You, this was 20 some years ago. We didn't have this beautiful thing called the internet. You was living your white life in your white neighborhood surrounded by your white friends. You really didn't know how black people felt about something. Because I can yeah. tell you honestly, there were several people that had a problem with it. They just didn't have any way to voice it. Yeah. You know, and I think it's the same, you know, and, and I've had to explain it's the same thing. No, black people didn't just get upset about how they were being treated. They just got tired of being treated that way and decided that they were going to be way more vocal about it. And then they had a place and opportunity to be more vocal about it. Yeah. You know, these things didn't just suddenly come up. You just suddenly started paying attention to it. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was how it was with um Yeah, with a lot of a lot of things where if it's not in their awareness then it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, and I, I, I say you can blame somewhat the divided um uh, media landscape. Um you know, even the, the Facebook algorithms, the Google algorithms basically show you what you want to see. You know, it does kind of keep you locked in. Um, so I remember, I guess, when we were talking earlier about getting people of different viewpoints is clearly there's some advantage to it. You know, without the, you know, the downside of boiling down everyone who happens to share their viewpoint to that person, you know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, some people. Yeah, I just can't talk to about politics. So <laughs> just it's not even worth it. Uh, Nor should you. Right. Um, but I guess something else. I don't know if anyone else had a, another topic. I'm. I was just going through the trending topics. Apparently, it's uh, Sally Field's birthday. She turned seventy. That's something. <laughs> That's trending on my thing. I don't know why. Like I said, oh, Sally Field. Because you're geek. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, Quentin Tarantino said he's retiring. Oh, that's too bad. Not really. <laughs> he's got two more movies in the works, and he's retired after that. Um, well, let's get those two movies out and get your ass into retirement. <laughs> I wouldn't mind a, like a third Kill Bill. I mean, if, if you're gonna go out with a bang, you know. Yeah. If I don't get that, I'm fine. I'm telling you <laughs> that again. This again, this whole political system, this whole political thing has kind of fucked me up with certain people, and he's one of them. Yeah. Just, he does say some problematic things. So. He does. He does. I still he really like he does. I just, you know what, I, I, it hasn't changed my love for his movies, mm-hmm. but it has changed the fact that I can no longer support you in yeah. that bullshit. Yeah. Um, let's see what else was going on. Uh, yeah, you know, Donald Trump is leading the, uh, you know, the if 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 the election was based on Twitter hashtags, he'd be winning. <laughs> just say it like that. Um, you know, he always dominates the, the news cycle. It's far, like whenever I, I look for political news, it, it is always something about him. And if it's not, it's about some, you know, emails bullshit. But um, now apparently Donald Trump is, uh, I guess, campaigning with, I guess Melania Trump is campaigning for the first time. They're going through like the Midwest right now, Michigan, Oregon, uh, Iowa. Wisconsin, 
uh, I guess um, also on the trail, there was a concert that Jay-Z did. And <laughs> I just love it when they announce Jay-Z as Beyonce's husband. But, <laughs> but, he, but he is. I know, but it's just like it still is just Jay Z. <laughs> but I, I do, I love that. Like I was reading the headline, it says, you know, Jay Z formally endorses Hillary Clinton, and it says Jay Z, husband of Beyonce, <laughs> endorses Hillary. Because here's Clinton. the thing: everybody knows Beyonce. Everybody may not know Jay Z, other than being her husband. Right. <laughs> Uh, Can I just stop and say these mm-hmm. are some real racist comments? Oh, you saw Where are they? I have not seen. You have okay. to go to okay. You have to go because I was looking. You have to go to the YouTube page and go to our direct feed to see them. Right. If you if you go yeah. to um if you go to mailmediamind.com and go to the YouTube uh, link, it should be in the live event which is on right now, and um. Yeah, like I said, I don't always check the comments, uh, but that ha- that's happened a few times. I don't know really? Mark- yeah, it has. I just, I, it literally is like water over a rock for me. It's like, oh, oh I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting my life. <laughs> it's like, who are you? I don't know. Why, and why are you I'm so mad? my life. <laughs> uh, so. But did you realize that this helps us? Yeah. Right. This is why I can't get upset about shit. <laughs> gives, because I'm pretty sure this is gonna it draws you know people don't realize but publicity positive or negative still draws attraction. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's um in that like the story of Donald Trump, right? Like <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought that story that um I, I I was I think it was on NPR or whatever that um that the people who are creating Hillary Clinton's uh, campaign ads started to notice that he talks a lot about their ads in his stump speech. Yes. And so they started actually targeting him, like trolling him (laughs) through their ads to get him off message and stuff and like took it into consideration some of the things and started getting personal. Like I think the, the ad, the biggest ad buy they had was during the, um, those the world series and i think the ad that they posted was about like his personal things that he said about people and um you know it's like some little kids and uh, you know all the sort of things he ever said about um rosie o'donnell (laughs) again i had a white guy tell me um, and, and this goes back to that whole, you know, things that bother you, that don't bother you, that bother me. I had a guy tell me, you know, Donald Trump is not that bad. He said a few harsh things, but he ain't said nothing that bad. And I was like, he didn't said a whole lot of shit about what he going to do to my black ass. Fuck huh. you. He said that if he were to get out here and shoot somebody in the street, he would still win the election. In these streets <laughs> on Fifth <laughs> Avenue. He said, I can shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and not lose a single vote. That's what he said. Yes, he did. Yes, he said this, like out loud. (laughs) Yes, in front of the microphone. (laughs) Yes, he did. He said those words. I remember. (laughs) Yeah, no, and it's funny. I stopped going on Fifth Avenue because that motherfucker. You better. Yeah. 
Do you remember um, Howard Dean back in the day? I think that was like 2004. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know they had all these things about him not having the temperament to be president because he said, "Yeah," <laughs> and they said, "Oh my God, you're so out of control." <laughs> again, just, but again, it goes to show how things change with time. Yeah. And what we will and will not accept. Because, you know, we were talking about reality TV earlier. You know, would not have had Real Housewives of Atlanta or any of the Real Housewives show on 20 years ago. That just wouldn't have been acceptable. Shit, no. You know, <laughs> but, but that's where we are now. It's funny. It's and again, let me say, it's funny the things you can have on TV and the things you can't have on TV because you still can't use the word abortion on television. Oh wow! Now you used to be able to in the seventies. Yeah, but you can't do it now. We used to watch shit like Family Family Matters with Steve Urkel and Full House and and now we've switched over to no no i'm not gonna let you do it xavier <laughs> go ahead and then i'm gonna tell you why you're wrong what one of my favorite shows in today and always will be is is, is uh dynasty i'm okay. still down for dynasty but oh my god <laughs> that's my shit dark out of the nose that's my shit go ahead, it was like real high like they was high society in a different kind of way you know, it was every so often Lexis Carrington throw some water on somebody, but it wasn't every damn episode. Right. No, but she sat down and threw her fur coat down or put her purse down. She didn't sit it down and turn the MK label or the LV label out so the camera can see it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, truthfully, that's a sign of two things. That's new money and it's real tacky. That it's is real money. new money. That's real Damn. new money. That is, it is new money. <laughs> but no, I, I, I'm agreeing with him. I'm, I'm, I'm clapping over him. You're a preach. <laughs> but this is what I have to put up with and contend with here in Atlanta. And to add the icing to the cake, I'll never forget, me and my ex were going out to eat before he became an ex. And he's really big into that shit. He loved that. Like, he loved the lifestyle. He loves the concept. He wants to know one of those people in Housewives of Atlanta. He wants to be one of those people in Housewives of Atlanta. Uh, and y'all was dating? Right. There you go. I was <laughs> a bad time in my life. We'll talk about it. Cocaine is a hell of a thing, though. Um, <laughs> so we were, going, we were getting ready to go into Benny Hanna's in Bucky. And we couldn't get in because Phaedra, maybe? I don't know. One of them. Oh. She was up in there with her family having dinner at the Hibachi Grill. And I'm like, well, it's not enough cars for all of that. Only one Cadillac Escalade. So how many of y'all are here? Well, it's her and her entire family. I said, well, were they packed in there like Mexicans? How many tables are there? How many tables are they taking up? We just want to sit at a Hibachi table and eat. I don't care who those people are. Um, and they proceeded to explain to me that, well, this side of Benihana's is shut down for her. But you can eat on the sushi side, but you can't order hibachi because she got all that tied up. And I said, we're going, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> so we ended up leaving Benny That sounds sound like a Phaedra thing. Mm-hmm. So we ended up leaving Benny Hanna's. And he mad. But I looked at him. I just went to laughing. Because I told him, you know, when you met my ex, when he met my other ex who plays pro football, you you were just enthralled with that. Lord, how many exes have you had? Get up my business. 
Um, <laughs> you were enthralled with this lifestyle of having money and being able to go into a place and put it down. And now you see what that shit looks like when you're the person outside of the bubble, when you're the person who has to be egregiously uh, inconvenienced. Yes. This foolery. Because she ain't spending no, her money ain't, she ain't up in there dropping diamonds. She gonna spend the same amount of money as anybody else would have spent if they were using eating at the same restaurant. It's the, the notoriety of the concept that she is there and she's of this group. But at the end of the day, what difference does all that shit make? I was waiting at the pancake house with my sister for a table one Saturday morning, and they told us that they had to, we had to wait, because we were like the next people in line, or there was one group ahead of us, and we had to wait, because Lisa Ray was coming in, and they had to see her, and everybody had to stand back, they brought the velvet rope and the staunchings out to hold us back. They didn't need to hold nobody back. Sit that bitch down somewhere so I can get a goddamn table to get my pancakes. <laughs> and somebody screamed when they when she walked by, because she walked by real slow, you know. And people were like, yeah, girl, you ain't... What was the name of that movie she was in? The uh, Players Club. Player Club. Yeah, they was like, she ain't done nothing since the Players Club. Can I get a pancake? Can a nigga get some bacon up in here? They ain't lying. <laughs> you know, don't nobody care. I don't care. I don't care. Exactly. I'm hungry and I want a pancake. Yeah. I don't know. America, we just got like, I even deal just with my siblings. One and, and I want to point out that it's not just Real Housewives of Atlanta, though. That is the most popular franchise. All them girls are crazy, no matter what flavor they are. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love just bad. So, um, my sister, I, I, I love my sister to death. Me and her was talking, and kind of me trying to figure out what it is she's trying to do with the rest of her life. And she was enamored in this idea that she had went to Los Angeles. Yeah, she went to Los Angeles, and she was riding around. She had uh, rented a Bentley to ride around Los Angeles, and she was just enamored in the fact that people were taking pictures of the car when she would get out to go places. And I'm like, you're happy that people were taking pictures of the car, but you're the object that was driving the car. A. B, it's just the goddamn car. Honey, you can, why be happy about the car when it's not your car? It's something you rented. If it was your car, that'd be a thing. But, you know, Let's aim towards getting the car. <laughs> with our name on it. With our own name on it. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Oh, okay, so my thing with her and thing is that her generation and generation subsequently, they think like that. Yes. They're so into shit like that. You know, she 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 almost well, I ain't gonna tell you what she said to me afterwards. It made me laugh mm. a lot. She wouldn't like it, I repeated it. But I was like, you know, honey, you, you that's just not how life works. That's just my holiday. Savior, you need to watch Black Mirror, season three, episode one. You can mm, yes. I don't have season, to watch Black Mirror. Uh, yeah. Season three, episode one. Now, you can watch some other ones, but for what you're talking about right now, season Nosedive. three, episode one. Nosedive. It's called Nosedive. Yeah, the first one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, I'm was. i in my feelings about all those. I, I just finished... Um, what was the one of the military? 
I, yeah, I just did five and six this morning. I haven't finished. Never, see, I'm going to start talking about I know. I was, say, I was all in my feelings after five. Uh, you know what? I wasn't. Yeah. Because I kind of figured that shit out. I did. I, I figured it out pretty quick. And quickly. I was like, mm, okay. It makes sense. Uh, you know, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. But, you know, there's some stuff that happens. And I was, I was watching... Westworld last night, talking to my roommate, and I was and, and as I'm watching this, I'm thinking about some of the video games that I play. Uh, Mass Effect being one of them, mm-hmm. and one of the pleasures of Mass Effect is that you can go back and play it again and make some different decisions, which influence the game differently. The problem is, as a black man. In this country, there are some decisions in that game that I'm constantly going to make the same decision. <laughs> you know, when you tell me there is a race of beings that you have poisoned because you were afraid of them, you 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 pulled them up and turned them into this mighty military to fight for you. Yeah, and then you poisoned them after you didn't need them anymore, <laughs> and now you need them again. So they're like, I'm not fighting for you unless you cure the, the poison. And then some the care one of the characters comes to you and says, okay, give them a placebo, but don't really cure them. Because we have to deal with that shit later. I can't, as a black man, I can never make that decision that that shit's okay. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm, that, cause I'm the, the motherfuckers you poisoning. Yeah. Yeah, I can't do that. And I don't, and I always wonder when the, um, gamers write these things do they ever write it from that point of view that there's a certain group of people that's just not gonna make this decision ever yeah yeah i mean uh, I, I noticed like that one and there were some other i guess telltale games that they definitely use um you know moral situations that i don't know like in order to be the bad guy you really do have to be a little bit sadistic or something. yeah <laughs> Like to a certain degree, I know. Like some people, I can't watch horror movies with because they laugh at the violence, and I'm just like, that's not that funny. You got a lot of people like, that's not funny. Oh my I god, really, why are you laughing? I really did. I really did disturb this girl's mother when Jurassic Park came. When the first Jurassic Park came out, because I laughed all the way through that. <laughs> See, no, that's not. I was terrified, this but hilarious. My mom fell asleep. And woke up at the end laughing in a the theater when the two raptors attacked the um the T-Rex. Mm. <laughs> she said, Oh my god, it looks like I said you bless you. <laughs> Can you remember the T-Rex came in and took the one raptor and swung against the wall? They were like, Ah she like it like said, You bitch. <laughs> She's like, Mom, this is the this is the no, don't do that. But I like when, you know uh, when when the from the time they ate the lawyer, I just started laughing. <laughs> oh wow! A lawyer on the toilet. Oh yeah. But that's how my mom always was when it came to like horror movies, and I guess that's why I'm such a fan of them now because she laughed. That was comedy to her. Yeah. The first time I ever saw Freddy Krueger, they was bed training me. I, I guess my memory is that damn goes that far back. Uh-huh. I was being bed trained. They put me in my room for the first night, and then I heard my mom there giggling because we were all the people at the house. And yeah. so I'm like, well, she laughing? So I go to the living room, and she just laughing her ass off. And all I see is Tina turn around the hall in the alleyway, and Freddie's arms going all like this. 
I screamed. And Rev a scar for life. And she's like, it's fake. Get your ass back in here. Let's the damn She said they laughing. And I'm like, Mom, that's not it. So she kept saying, you know, I laugh and stuff like that because I know it's fake. And I know you have to learn that and everything, though, but. Well, I got two things to say about that. First of all, bed training is clearly some kind of Southern saying because I have no idea what the fuck that is. Um, and second of all, your mother grew up in Tennessee or some part of the South. She had real shit to be afraid of, not Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> yeah. But I mean... And probably, you go talk to her and ask her for some hard stories. She'll tell you some shit, I'm sure, that will curl your toes. Oh yeah, to with Freddy Krueger's. Yeah, she had some good horror stories, but I mean, but I would say one movie to scare her, to scare the shit out of her. That was The Evil Dead because it took place in Tennessee. But uh, other than that, now she told us some real fucked up stuff. You know, um, about them being, you know, out in the cotton field, and you know, my uncle having to quit. My uncle, two of my uncles had to quit school so they could work in the cotton field. Because they had to bring in money. That's, that scared the shit out of me. That's that's real though. Yeah, I, what, can't, yeah. I can't hear no more of this because I'm trying to convince my boyfriend to visit Atlanta, and he's real. <laughs> no, I'm serious. He's he's Jersey born, and he's like that's a red state. They call them flyover states for a reason because you're supposed to fly over there. <laughs> <laughs> and I keep telling him Atlanta Metro ain't that bad. Yeah, ain't that bad. It ain't that bad. Anyway, on that note, gentlemen, I must leave. I must prepare myself for my recordings this evening. Anyone interested, I will be recording Dial M for Murder and Queen Sugar Court over at Poppy Chulo Radio. Check us out on poppychuloradio.com. And I will see you all Friday, probably. Hopefully, I will have seen Doctor Strange by Yeah. Hopefully. I just need to see it in 3D because everybody was saying, like, even the 3D people who hated to go see it in 3D were like, I just saw it in 3D. And the only theaters that's offering Doctor Strange are offering it in 2D here in West Tennessee. And I just don't feel like driving down to Memphis. But anyway. Uh, Xavier? Xavier? He probably he probably got he probably went to the bathroom or something. Y'all tell Zayka I said bye. And, well. You know, stay shady, my friend. <laughs> and I will see you all later. Thank you all for watching. All right. See you later. <laughs> so yeah, I guess now I realize like I'm, y'all basically convinced me to watch um, Real Housewives. I don't what? Know. I know. I wasn't even gonna watch it. Now I'm like. I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> because, I mean, I, it, I'm, I I guess I was burnt out with all the real... I try to watch an episode or two or something. They might bring in some new women with new dynamics. Even like, why is she going off on her? You sit there like, and you sit there and watch it and you're like, I don't know yeah. if I'm going to watch the rest of this. You turn the TV. And so no, there's really nobody new on it this year. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I, I didn't think so. I just, I just remember those... Times when people were talking about it, I had no idea. Don't worry about it. About it. I thought yeah, Insecure I mean, and Westworld come on tonight. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. There you go. That's your Sunday. And the fucking did. Yes. 
Episode three of The Walking Dead. There's a lot. I'm a little nervous. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't talk about last week. Yeah, I mean, what do you, what do you, what do you feel about, um, you know, because you got this far in the comic, right? With, uh, no. With Ezekiel, you didn't get to that far. I didn't get to Ezekiel. Okay. Well, I like the way they handled it because, to me, I felt like in the comic, it made a lot more sense than in the show, and the fact that you know, um, Carol and Morgan were both kind of incredulous at his behavior. Mm-hmm. Kind of made it much more acceptable. Yeah. Um, but however, they, they kind of did another character swap with Michonne and Carol because there was yeah. Michonne who originally had that conversation with Ezekiel. Really? I was going to ask yeah. you that. That's what that's my, that's my question going to be. Was like, was it Michonne who had that question? And yeah. was everybody really enamored with him? And was Michonne like, Carol, like, yeah. more please? Yeah. Exactly, oh. <laughs> but they yeah, had the right person to pull it off though because Carol just get it look like, are y'all really buying this shit right now? Like, keep Ezekiel <laughs> really and a tiger. That's real cute. Okay, have you not seen what the fuck I I had to kill the whole entire town of people. Yeah. <laughs> to my friends, and you're up here with just the actress, and but I'm like, yeah. Carol. So I mean, that does sort of indicate that if they are doing the character swap, then you know Carol and Ezekiel might end up. And I'm a little pissed about that. <laughs> because it's not because it's, um, I'm just like, nobody touches Ezekiel but me. That's all I'm looking at. <laughs> Man, like, if, you, if it's going to be somebody, Carol is the, the original OG. So Yeah. I mean, That's why I said, I said, she haven't, we, we talked about this Friday night. Uh, we said that um, Carol, yeah, she needs them cob, them cobwebs dusted up, about them cleaned out, them pipes well, no, no old and shit. And um, I was like, look, when Ezekiel came on the scene, because I know who Carrie Payton was, you know what I'm saying? I know he done like all these damn voices and stuff like that. I've seen him out, out in, in person, not in person, but I've seen him on a movie. Dracula 2, The Ascension, some shit like that. He played a person who got bit by a vampire, became this super strong vampire and shit. But seeing him on Talking Dead, bald and bearded, I'm like, oh, I knew what's something up under there because I'm like, them dreads is fine. <laughs> at the end of the episode, when he knocked on the door and he, the boy, he was standing like, you really got to try one of these. It was like, that was in your window for it. You can let me hit a word. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I care, like, look, put she over there. She'll be fine over there. I was waiting for you to come in. I got the bed already made up and shit. You know, this is how he get this out the way. Because if I was Carol, I was like, yo, I need to be fucked stupid. Not, not stupid or just, oh, guys, this, I need to be fucked so stupid to the point where I don't know where the fuck I am right now because you know, he, you know that, you know, you know. Come on. <laughs> yeah. like conversation right there. Is mm-hmm. what do you do in a walking dead situation in your day? <laughs> There's no gay people on earth. But I mean that's two with that's the problem. See the two dudes, the two gay dudes on the show now, um they got they coupled up. But Xavier, I thought about this shit. I thought about this shit. And so we saw Strand on Fear the Walking Dead. I like, yes, I'm playing gay man. Thank you, Jesus. But I'm like, but I just need to get to <laughs> Because I was I I'm like, of course the only person to be gay can be some white person, like some random white person who was it's fine, but 
But Strand's character is gone. So now he's yeah. gay man and a group of heterosexuals. I know. I know. But he's down in Mexico. I know some of them poppies down there get down. It's just like shit. <laughs> I'm just Strand. saying, I think also you had to think in the, the hierarchy of needs in the Walking Dead universe comes with, you know, shelter, food, shower, the insects. <laughs> I don't know about it. Well, yeah. smelling. <laughs> I don't know sex is so but that's what's heterosexuals too, because I was sitting there looking like Glenn and um Maggie, like we had a bitch y'all get it in to impregnate Maggie. <laughs> and were y'all were y'all clean or did y'all just don't give a shit, you know? Because I think they were Maggie was probably pregnant by the time they got to Alexandria. Yeah. And so I'm like, y'all went through a whole drama, y'all didn't have no water, no food. <laughs> and I'm like, somebody could have let me stop. Anyway, <laughs> because I'm like, I have no toothpaste, no toothbrushes, no mouthwash. So what did you say, Two years, no sex. Come on. <laughs> Two years? Shit. But I mean, I don't know. They ain't got no damn porn either. It's just like, <laughs> you know, they stop. That's rough. That's rough. You know they stopped at that um the, the hospital where Noah and um Beth was held up at. Mm-hmm. And they had all electricity and shit. I'd have been that one motherfucker. Y'all got electricity? For real? <laughs> like I I knew I, I found this porno and this and this when I was doing a raid one time, I knew this was gonna come in handy. Like this ever got DVD player like like quick. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. But like Malcolm said on all seriousness. Sex would have been the last thing in my mind, but however, I think that um, the companionship, you seeing everybody getting paired up, and you as a gay man, whether you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, whatever, you just sitting like, yeah. Ugh. Well, yeah, there was something else. Actually, I, I, I might have uh, messaged you this, uh, Xavier, earlier this week. I was listening to this podcast called um, The United States of Anxiety, and they were trying to I never really even considered this, but they were talking about like people's. Um, well, they're just talking about like stress, uh, in particularly um, cortisol levels as a re- response to stress stressors, and measuring cortisol levels of people who are avid political junkies, and just showing that um, there is a huge difference between Republicans and Democrats that. Republicans are much more stressed out than Democrats, <laughs> generally. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean it's because of their political affiliation. You know, it's no way to really know the causation, correlation. Right, correlation to be causation. Right, exactly. And even if they're correlated, it's kind of like in which direction, right? Like, is are they highly stressed out because they're Republicans or, you know, not even because, but is the core, yeah, you know, is it, which way does the correlation go, right? Um, even if they're not causing each other. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, people are coming up with theories about it on the show. And, you know, the best one was just saying that um, Republicans tend to use, like, fear as a, you know, motivation to vote, right? Like, very much so. Yeah. That's why so, you got these people, you know, they always go after the Second Amendment right. And you yeah. Get, well, um, even here in even here in Georgia, some people were almost in a shootout with these automatic assault rifles and police brandishing these different signs because they're preparing with these makeshift tents and stuff 
for Hillary to be the president and they think like she's gonna become the president Tuesday and then come Wednesday, somebody's gonna try to come take their guns and the police was talking to them like, no, that's not how that works at all. <laughs> yeah, but they really believe it, yeah. going on with these guns and they're like, uh-uh. <laughs> so, I mean, and I hate to say it, but people, Republicans and staunch Republicans, and especially those who have certain beliefs, not all the Republican beliefs, certain beliefs, that's how they think. And so because that's what they think about and that's their quote unquote reality, it increases their level of stress. And then that stress breeds a different kind of stress because now you've gotten together and gotten this early form of the militia with your guns and now the police are showing up. So then that adds stress. It just kind of becomes a ball rolling down a hill. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was definitely interesting that um, the way they explained it. I never really um, learned that. But also, like they were saying, testing that you know black people have higher cortisol levels than white people is generally um, another thing might <laughs> indicate that racism is real. Hello, like people. <laughs> well, it's interesting because the way they the way they explained it, I've never really heard it this way. Was that you know, cortisol is kind of like the, I don't know, the opposite of adrenaline in a sense that it helps you stabilize after a stressful event. Like if your body's pumping all these things to get you into action, cortisol is kind of trying to get you to mellow or, I don't know, um, recover from one of these heightened states of arousal. So, I mean, there's, there are points in the day where cortisol levels just go up regardless of what happens. One of them being the morning, like when, as soon as you wake up and they were saying like, because of these elevated levels of cortisol, that's like the likelihood of you having like a heart attack or stroke or something is like when you wake up, just just because when you wake up, you're at a higher level of stress because of change your body goes through from waking up. I was like, really? That is scary. Yeah. That is very scary. <laughs> your, your stress and stress tolerance, all those things, cortisol, those chemicals, neurotransmitters and stuff, you know, they do your increase, your stresses your heart out more. It has a lot of uh, stress. It causes you to gain weight. It can cause eating and sleeping issues. And so they, you know, like I say, stress is like a silent kill, killer. Well, that's mm-hmm. very much the truth. It really is. Stress can cause a, a number of different issues because one of the things that it does is it triggers your flight or flight response. And our bodies are not designed to constantly have such a system constantly running. And right. one of the interesting things about the flight or flight system is it cuts off higher order functioning. So your ability to reason, rationale, things like that, things that we, we exclusively uh, drop off in the box called executive functioning um, sort of gets uh dampen down a bit for right. you to do things that are life-saving, life-supportive, or life-preservative. So if you think about that in connection to, say, Republicans and why they can sometimes seem a little less intelligent, a little less aware of what's going on in the world around them, is because if you think about this adrenaline is going through their system, this fight-or-flight response, they think that this is a do-or-die situation that they're in with this Republican versus Democratic situation, then they're not really thinking about, well, what this person said is absolutely insane. They're thinking... <laughs> You know, this person is going to protect my right. This person is going to keep somebody from breaking into my house and hurting me and my family and stealing what I've worked so hard for. And they're going to keep me from being homeless and on the street without a job because they're going to stop jobs from going across seas. 
They're going to make sure that the police are powerful enough that I can have the things in my life that I need. Whereas black people on the reverse end of that are thinking to themselves, you know, when I get ready to go to work today, I got to make sure my tag is in order, my driver's license is in order because if a white cop pulls me over. And right. for whatever reason, I may reach in my back pocket. He like, but he's my shoot me in my chest and kill me. Right. Or that because I'm black and my boss and those employ me are white and I, I work at a, I'm living a state like Georgia where they can fire you without reason. I am always the first on the chopping block. It's, you know, it's right. what you deem is your reality. And so therefore, if your reality is a nature of constant stress, because you're worrying about life supporting, life sustaining things, then yeah, your cortisol levels goes up. And so therefore your life expectancy goes down. Yeah. Yeah. And they were just saying like, yeah, there's a causal correlative thing with cortisol and stress. And it's the inverse, like cortisol is supposed to be like in response to the stress response. So your body pumps out the cortisol to help you get back to equilibrium after a stressful event. I guess the adrenaline, you know, the heightened state of awareness that you're talking about is like, you know, the response that cortisol is trying to counteract. So when they're like measuring those things, the thing they found out was that sometimes your body will produce cortisol even in the absence of those like adrenaline type responses because you've been conditioned so often, you know, like, um, you know, like living in a stressful work environment, for example, they use an example of like sales teams and they're telling them like every day, like you got to hit like 20 sales today or you're, you're going to be fired, you know, and it's just like day in, day out, day in, day out, you know, the adrenaline just doesn't pump out the way it used to, but the cortisol still does, (laughs) which causes like issues, you know, um, you know, it, it was just interesting, and I um, I thought you'd probably find it interesting because I was, you know, nerdy. <laughs> nerdy. Um, no, you're right. Applying that sort of thing, because they also did, went into this other story. I don't know if you were aware of, like, the Wells Fargo uh, situation, the banking situation. Which part of it? Because there's two situations with them. It's the one about the employees with the $2 million bank accounts. Yeah. Money off, and then there's another one going on. Um, I think they're trying to restructure some stuff and they fired the CFO and all that. It's like crazy. Yeah. Well, basically I think they stem from one major thing with what Wells Fargo's reaction to the financial crisis was to sell a lot more products. And, you know, they had these boiler rooms of people just sitting there trying to get people to get credit cards, bank accounts, all this kind of stuff to the point where people on the sales floor were basically signing up people for lines of credit that they weren't using and things like that uh, to meet these sales goals. And they were just kind of talking about how over time, the people who worked in these industries, um, their bodies changed because they were under so much stress, you know? And then when they got fired, some of these people who got fired from the business, um, they just couldn't, I don't know, like they, they were so um, addicted to it in a way, like, living in that stress, in that stressful environment, moving into a different job, was kind of like, I don't know, like foreign territory to them or something like that. And um, yeah, and so not only that, like after that, uh, some of the employees did sue Wells Fargo for some of the um, practices they engaged in. Like they used some of the uh, financial regulation um, to basically blackball some of the people who refuse to hit certain sales targets. So it was kind of like in their mind, it's like either I 
you know, commit this crime in a way. I mean, it is a crime because basically let's say you're signing up for a bank account and they sit you down and say, we need you to fill out these forms to open up your bank account. You could slip in like two other forms <laughs> to open up lines of credit that they'll never see or touch. You know, they're just saying like, it's no problem. It's not like we're charging them any more money because if you never touch it, you never, you're not charged for anything. It's just like, because they were under so much pressure to sign up for more accounts, they just, you know, did some really shady shit. And that's, I guess, why there are two stories, the people who got scammed, but also the management that kind of um, promoted it. Promoted it, yeah. Like, they just like, well, we didn't tell them to do that. You told them to So when the Senate hearing committee came out and they brought all of this stuff out, which is one of the questions that I had in looking at that case and also the um, case with um, the EpiPen, uh, company, uh, you had the Senate hearing committee that brought all this stuff out and brought it all to light. But in this country, a lot of that is, you know, basically it was breaking the law, but there was not a real specific on what law it was or how that impacted anything. Yeah. And then at the same time, the kind of law that they broke doesn't necessarily come with jail time, which I thought yeah. was both very interesting. Yeah. And we delegate this to being a, again, we go back to this whole thing about this is a capitalistic society. So these people did this and we know what damages they were done. And so then the thing is, well, give the money back. So they put this money back in people's account. But then what? Nothing yeah. else happened. When what these people did was knowingly wrong and they can say, well, it was a victimless crime or whatever they want to say, however they want to look at it. They can say it was because of inflation. They can say it was because of all these different things. But at the end of the day, what you did should not have been done. It should never have taken place. But it happened. And it had an impact. Great or small, there was some impact. But nothing happens. Whereas yeah. you go, um, a couple of months ago, I was looking at um, this Muslim nation who tried and convicted three business barons, who these, these oil barons, three businessmen, mm -hmm. oil barons, convicted them and sentenced them to death for manipulating the oil prices and the availability of oil, um, crude oil, in order to drive up their stocks and drive up the prices. And they convicted them under this charge called spreading evil across the land. And in a Muslim country, that's punishable by death. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that we need to adopt something like that in this country, but I am saying that I feel like, and this has been raised before, when big businesses do things like this that are egregiously wrong and ultimately hurt the bottom line of the average person, there should be some penalty. They should face something greater than you got to pay some money back. You right. should be allowed to take some money out of your already multi-billion dollar account, pay off 100, 200, 300, 500 million dollars, and then go back to business as usual. Because we're seeing more and more and more of these cases coming up. Yeah, no doubt. Like, yeah, it was it was really eye opening. Um, I think that was, um, I think it was, yeah, it was that that podcast we were talking. Um, and I know, I think the New York Times had um, an article about the the whole thing at Wells Fargo, which is crazy because I I bank with them. <laughs> and I was I was like, oh god, this is. But anyway. It's some fucking egregious shit. Um, but I, I did want to go ahead and wrap it up. If anyone um, had a check it out this week, uh, I, I was listening to this one podcast. The way they said it was, was there like a tab in your browser that you could never close? <laughs> like you, something you've been obsessed with this week that uh, that you're looking forward to, or you know you're paying attention to a little more than 
Um, most everything. Just else. American horror. <laughs> just American horror story. I just need for them to let me know who's going to survive this Ron, return of Roanoke um, storyline, and then so we can find the final episode of um, what's going to happen because they renounced that um, Lana Winters from Asylum, the only survivor from Asylum, is going to be in Roanoke, and I'm like one of the last two episodes. I'm thinking the very last one. Okay. So we're thinking that by her being in that episode or in the season that Audrey is done, probably next mm-hmm. this this week, because it'd be weird for her to it'd be interviewing herself. Um, it'd be weird for Sarah Paul to be interviewing herself. Right, right, gotcha. So, yeah, yeah. I thought about that where they had the, um, you know. They could have someone else playing her from the previous season. They don't need to do that. They nope, nope, nah, uh, uh, nope. They don't know. It has to be Sarah Paulson. It has to be her shady, sassy ass version. But see, somebody said, but by her being an older version of Lana mm-hmm. and without it makeup on, it was still coming because this Audrey is British, so it could still be right. Yeah. But the only problem with that is, is that. Um, there's only three, well, four, because they brought in Wes Bentley's actor character yeah. uh, at the end of last week's episode. And so, but he's only male left, and I don't see him living long because he hasn't been there for most of what's going on. So it has to be either Monet, which is Angela Bassett, Lee, who is Adina Porter, or Audrey Shelby, I mean, um, um, Sarah Paulson's character to survive. I don't see Monet having a reason to survive because she is not, she hasn't been like this big standout. And Audrey has been, um, it's between Audrey and Lee. The problem is that if Lee survives, then um, she's going to jail. (laughs) You saw that episode, right? Yeah, I I was thinking like she is going to be the one who survives because of that. Yeah. Like she confesses to murder. Yeah. You know, it's oh, yeah, the coke. oh god, that was too funny. I was just like, I thought honestly there was a moment where I was like, this is supposed to be funny, right? Because this shit is pretty funny. Man, I laughed. I'm not gonna lie. I screamed and laughed back and forth throughout the whole entire episode because it was, it was funny and scary. It was funny because the way she said it, it was basically um you know, she she's getting cut up, right, and filleted alive. Yes. pieces of her body are being cut off, and he's like, you know, this is gonna hurt. You know. She's gonna take another slice. You might want some of this cocaine. She's like, "Oh no, I've worked very hard to um, maintain sober. Like I, you know, I have a drug addiction, blah blah blah." And then he goes into like describing like how they prepare the food. <laughs> yes. so, you know, yeah, we eat all the parts, and then we even make a bone broth when it's done. So, okay. Exactly. <laughs> and she was like, "Give me that shit. <laughs> Give me that shit." <laughs> <laughs> She smelled it up and she like, and that's why she confessed. She was high. She was so damn high. She was like, you know what? I'm just gonna go ahead and just leave this earth, and I want my baby girl. But she was, it was all part of her play to escape. But, right, yeah. but she was like, if, but that's the theory now is mm. that if she makes it out, then Lana Winters is going to be the one that's going to come and interview her about what happened. Okay, but I'm. I'm still thinking there's some big ass twist is going to happen that's going to go into the probably like next season or future season or something. Yeah, I, it might be some other stuff I'm looking forward to. The Chappelle, uh, the Day Chappelle, Tri Conquest, SNL. Right. Yeah. This past this coming week. Um, 
Other than that, I'm be honest. I'm just worried about what's gonna happen on Wednesday yeah. morning. Right? Will I be yeah. functional enough to watch Mega Horror Story that night? <laughs> this is true. Because I, 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 the thing I was thinking about when we were talking about the election was like, you know, Wednesday morning. Are you gonna be stocked up on enough liquor? In case, oh yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to buy it up now. In case you got a drink, just oh my god, That's yeah, because because Tuesday, you know, it was election day, and for some reason, at my job, we, we're not even a polling place, but a lot of people pile up into the library. All the crazies come to the library on election day. It never fails. The past two elections, from when Obama was um, brought into actually from the Obama second term. And every other election day until this moment, it has been all the crazy people pop up in the library mm-hmm. needing stupid shit and just, um, just get on my nerves. So I'll be stocked up on that alone. Yeah. Because yeah. after I leave work that, that evening, I'm going to go straight to that liquor store and get enough wine to last me, you know, for the rest of the week and yeah. probably half of next week. Other than that, yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... But I am, yeah, I think I'm going to be watching Doctor Strange on election night. I think that's what's funny. That's awesome. Yeah, because Tuesday night they have a uh, discount. So I'm like, okay, that's awesome. And then when you come out, you be like, did I get transported to an awesome (laughs) universe? Like, what the fuck (laughs) just happened? (laughs) (laughs) Why are those people? It's it's like burnt up cars all over the place. Like, (laughs) did the apocalypse happen while I was in there? (laughs) Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I have no idea. Like, I think I had the same sort of fear in a way when, um, you know, George W. Bush was like that. I think the funny thing is, of course, we got used to George W. Bush. Um, part of me feels like if we do end up with Trump, we'll get used to it. I don't know, because it's like this. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I actually think Trump is worse than Bush. I really oh, do. Yeah, me too. And I think Bush, Bush, but if you think about it, and that's a lot to say because Bush put us in a war, which is what we all predicted he would do. Yeah. And our asses in a war. He caused another country to want to directly attack us on American soil. He damn near collapsed our financial economic system. Yeah. So, you know, when you think about this shit in the long run, we're saying that Trump is worse than Bush. That's a lot. It is really bad, yeah, that's true. No, everything I just mentioned wasn't almost, but this time it may happen. This may right. Happen. We may, we yeah. may, people like to believe that it's not possible, but it really, I was watching something this morning. Um, this political show just came on CNN, and this man said, you know, we are looking at the end of democracy if Trump gets elected. And this is, yeah. I mean, this man blatantly said it on CNN. Right, and it's not even like a partisan thing. It's just like a reality thing. Like, yeah. right, he is, that when the founding fathers created, you know, our republic and talked about it, and when he was asked, will this last by one of the women in there, he told him this will last as long as we let it last. And he, like he said, Trump by himself could independently destroy what we know of, what Amer- what we know of America today. Yeah. The republic that is America, the democracy that we currently have can literally go away today. Yeah. yeah, just because, I mean, not even out of, like, malice or anything, just out of incompetence. Exactly. He's trying to do it just because he doesn't know any better. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like, I always say, like, no, he's not evil. He's just, he just doesn't, he's not uh, equipped, you know? He's not like, equipped. Yeah, and, I, and that was the thing about, I guess, with George W. Bush. I felt the same way. 
But the difference was at least he knew how to defer to other people who did know exactly. <laughs> a thing or two, you know, like Dick Cheney always yeah. knew what to do. Like that was the vice that was the only vice president I knew so much of. I mean, outside of Al Gore, but even Al Gore wasn't doing a lot. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't doing too much, but every time Bush did something, Cheney was not too far. I I heard yeah. Dick Cheney night just as much as I heard George Bush's night. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, and then, that was the thing. Even though I, I absolutely disagree with them politically, yeah, you know, at least I knew that they knew shit. You know, even if it was, exactly Bush allowed them to be who they were and do what they do. Yeah. Colin Powell and all the rest of them. I don't think Trump is willing to do that. I think right. Trump is like he's gonna be just like he is on his show. Yeah, if you disagree with me, you're fired. Right, pretty much. And yeah. yeah, even if his ideas are just out there, but yeah, and then yeah. So there, that's it's just, just yeah. So that is why a lot of people are stressed out, <laughs> rightfully yeah. so. But they were saying like you know, even though Democrats are stressed out about this election, it is still astonishing that we are we are the ones less stressed than the Republicans. Like <laughs> we're facing down the real possible end of democracy, and we have less of a stress response than they do. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that's what that's mind blowing in a way. I don't know. Right. This is scary, but I will hopefully see y'all Wednesday morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not an internment camp or something. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So make sure to uh, check out mailmediamind.com. I think we'll just end it here. Um, you know, I try to make sure to post these on the blog. Um, so if you subscribe to us on the blog, you can get an email uh, whenever we do a live broadcast. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube and, you know, get your notification through your app. Um, also post to Facebook. So that's uh, facebook.com slash mind, which I also like maybe do some inspirational quotes and articles. <laughs> and of course, on Instagram, if you want to get your thought on, you can DM me a picture and I'll post it and try to get you laid. So. Because <laughs> the Insta hoes be on there, you know. <laughs> anyway, I love Instagram. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is a lot of, a lot of thirsty. Anyway, uh, but yeah, you can find links to all that on uh, mailmediamind.com and um, we'll see you next week. Uh, peace. Peace. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please visit mailmediamind.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media accounts, including Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, and YouTube. If you subscribe to us on YouTube, you'll get a notification when we go live. Leave your comments and questions in the Q&A, or simply tweet us at mailmediamind, or direct message us on Instagram at mailmediamind1. Make sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes or whatever podcatcher you use to listen to the show and leave us a comment or question so we can make improvements to the show. It really helps. Uh, Thank you for listening and we'll catch you next week.